double coverage. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Double Coverage. We are live. We hope you're still living, loving, and breathing sports. I'm your boy, Dom, with the great man, Saucy. What's happening, mate? What is going on, Doma? We are back with another massive episode of Double Coverage, obviously talking about the NBA Finals, your team, my team, the Lakers, the Miami Heat. We called it, we wanted it from the start, and we got what we wanted. Um, I can't believe we actually, actually got what we that's wanted. That's exactly right. I actually can't we, believe it. Uh, we got a lot We got a lot in store. Uh, we got, obviously, our opening segment. We will do our finals preview. Uh, then we will discuss a bit about some news that came out of the NBA circles last night uh, with Doc Rivers. Uh, then we will get into news around the world we've got some afl we're just going to give you an update we are doing a special pod so there won't be much there it's just to tell you when it will be airing got f1 news it was back on this week it was electric it was good ufc man the last style bender bro did not disappoint in his fight got epl we had some upsets in the apl some controversy in the epl as well and then into the NFL, massive week. We had some big, big head-to-head games go ahead. Saucy will get into his tips. He is not happy not about happy. one team. He's going to lose not it on happy. one team. And I cannot wait for him to lose it on this team. Following that, hobby talk. Man, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about in hobby talk. Something that's come Just out. We've got a look at the Don, baby. Luke We're going to be... We've got a lot to talk about. And then... Saucy Smoker to end the show, mate. The most anticipated segment of uh, the afternoon. Well, we're live, mate. First up, it's good. Good to go live. We have fixed our issues that we did have during the weekend. <laughs> uh, but good, Doma. Yeah, yeah, you know, you live and you learn. Um, you live and you learn, You make mate. the mistake once, but you don't make the mistake twice. And uh, we're here live. So this is something we're going to try to do. Ladies and gents, try to go live with our podcast. If people want to join in, send us a few questions. Uh, talk shit on the uh, YouTube chat. That's what we love to see. So, um, yeah, definitely. Don't let's get stuck into it, man. Let's get let's... If you disagree with something we say. Which uh, most likely you yeah. do. I disagree, but no, no. <laughs> let's get straight into it, man. We got game one tomorrow morning. Uh, let's just set the, the tail of the tape, mate. Lakers, 4-1, each series, 12-3. Miami, 4-0, 4-1, 4-2, 12-3 in the playoffs. We're going in on equal record. Man, it, it's exciting. We, we did do a live after the game after the Miami one, and we did get into it a bit, but there's a few things like that have to be, I don't know, talked about, man. Like, can the Lakers stop uh, Robinson and Hero shooting? Uh, and obviously, the impactful nature that Dragic had in the last series, is he going to be able to continue that into this series? So there's a lot to discuss, man, a lot to break down there. What are your thoughts on that, mate? My thoughts? Lakers in six, baby. Lakers oh. in six. Let's go. Oh. Let's go, late what? show. Now, Why honestly, Doma, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy both our teams are through. Um, it's We wanted it from the beginning, so to actually have it 
and we like your team, my team. Um, it, it's exciting stuff. I just, I think it's it's going to be a tough series. You know, Miami has been able to trouble teams all along. Um, you know, they've obviously gotten hot at the right time of the the season. You know, they were able to put some games together and then you know crush through uh, Indiana, upset the Milwaukee Bucks, and you know Boston. Not for anything. Um, they just weren't up to it, you know. They 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 were able to jump them out the blocks, get that two 0 lead, and they didn't look back from there. So uh, they closed it out. What they closed it out in uh, in six. Yeah. Which is good. At the end of the day, they've pl- they've played the same amount of games as the Lakers. So I mean, exactly. Literally, be uh, you know, no teams had more or less rest. In a sense, you'd look at it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, it's an even matchup, and I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to. You know, this is the matchup I'm looking forward to. No, don't worry about LeBron, and you know, you got LeBron against Iguodala, Jimmy buckets. Right? <laughs> don't worry about that. I'm, Iguodala. I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking for AD against Bam and Abayo. Um, oh yeah, young and cool. up and coming stars. Of the league potentially, um, you know, uh, what is he, Doma? I think he's only twenty-one, right? I think twenty-one. 21. I think his third season, second season. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he goes against Anthony Davis. We know how well he moves his feet on defense. Um, he's got the size to trouble Davis, so maybe that's a good matchup. We don't know. Um, I think the Lakers need to keep doing what they've done previously, which is attack the paint. I mean, if uh, in games where those games you lost to Boston, uh, they attacked the paint real well. One game they got 68 points in the paint, and another game they got uh, like above 45 points in the paint. You know, I think the Lakers can... You, that's what they need to do. They need to attack the paint. They need to force pressure, uh, force Bam Adebayo to challenge at the ring and potentially put him into foul trouble and force your other bigs in there because, uh, you know, not for anything, as much as Kelly Olenek can uh, spread the floor, yeah, he's, he stinks at the rim and challenging. Yeah, and if you he's going to struggle. Up against Anthony Davis, that is barbecue chicken, let me tell you right there. Even and, Dwight um, Howard, man. If Dwight Howard comes out with the same intensity as he had in the, in the last series, it's going to be hard to stop guys like that, seeing as we only have one perennial big man in the team. Like, I think that's where we've got to look. You know, I th- and your to be honest, shooting he's, he's, has proven yeah. that it can be hot and cold. Don't get me wrong, Dom. When your team is on, they are on. They literally don't miss. That guy, Douglas Robertson, he's, he is lights out when he gets going. Um, Hero as well. You know how much I love him. My love for, for Tyler Hero and what he's been able to do in his first season. He's your boy. Um, your boy. But that's I think that's where it sits with us. You know, being able to obviously limit your perimeter. And well, Lakers, Lakers are, are averaging 40.7 points per game in the restricted area, which is the paint. Um, there could be a bit of bully ball. And as we saw in the last series, uh, Boston's bigs aren't as good as what your bigs are. And we did struggle to contain them in the paint a fair bit. Uh, they had 60 on us in one game. Uh, 38 in another game. I think they had like, I think uh, uh, 48 or 50 in another game. So yeah, that's my biggest concern. I I said it in our live that we did uh, post-game 
I genuinely reckon they're going to come out, uh, your boys are going to come out and just destroy us in game one, like embarrass us, and then it'll be a, a readjustment. I reckon we could lose by probably anywhere from 12 to 20 points in game one. Uh, uh, that's It sounds like a pessimist, pessimistic view. It's I think the Lakers are going to come out fired up. They know what's at stake, and they want to set the tone early for the series. Yeah, They don't want to give us a look in. Because if you give us a look in, they know the threat that we can yeah. be. So I just reckon they're going to come out hard, man, and just try and bury us early, yeah. really early. Another interesting thing is I've been seeing a lot of stuff. I'm going to I'm going to clear it up right now. I'm here to clear it up. The two I've seen a lot of stuff on social media about the two best LeBron stoppers are in the one team. No, the best. There's only one buckets. That's it. The second one. He's not a LeBron stopper. Let me. You called him a LeBron stopper when he won Finals MVP in 2015. I'll tell you what. You could call me a LeBron stopper because if I guarded him and I let him have average 36, 14, and, 10, and 9 assists in a series, that ain't no stopper. <laughs> That's bleeding points, mate. The guy almost averaged 40 on you, and you're telling me that he's a LeBron stopper. Don't give me that shit. I could guard him. And he could average 60 on me, LeBron, and then I'm a stopper. What? Come on, man. The other reason he got that finals MVP is because the, the series was terrible in terms of like Steph and Clay yeah, they, played horrendous. They didn't play that good. They in played that horrendous. It should have gone to LeBron in a, in a losing final series because he only had Matty Dallavadova on his team. He was stuck on a bloody IV drip after every game because <laughs> he was <laughs> legit. He was. He should have gone to LeBron. So here, there's only one, I'm clarifying it, one LeBron stopper. Jimmy Buckets, that's it, all right? Don't want to hear any more on that, sh- on that shit. But your predictions for the series, mate? Look. You said Lakers in five, so what's the I said what's Lakers in six, thank you. I gave, oh, I gave you two games. I gave you two games. Oh, that's nice. Um, but as I said, Dom, it didn't, I, I was confident. As, once we got through the West here, I was confident whoever was coming out of the East, regardless who it was, we were going to get the job done. Um, I just think he just knows how much of an opportunity this is. He, he might not be able to get here again. Um, so he, And he's got to win this one. He, you know, he came to the Lakers, the one of, if not the biggest franchise in the NBA, and he knows he's got to get there a championship because that's what the Lakers do and the Lakers organization he... does. They win championships, yeah. as they've known in, in history. So um, when you come here, there's expectation, especially as a as a as a star player, one of there's the a best lot. players of all Man, time. There's... So he, Man, there's a... he yeah. and not for anything, you know, they got the. Yeah, I, I don't want to keep mentioning it, but you know the Kobe factor. I think that's. Massive. I was gonna. I, and, and I was actually going to just say that, man, because not only is there pressure on LeBron because he came to Lakers, there's a lot more pressure the moment that, like, rest his soul, Kobe passed on, and he took on the burden and said that, uh, we're gonna win it for Kobe, pretty much. That, that like that's a big call. That's massive. That's a lot of pressure putting on. And we know LeBron has always taken the pressure and put it on his back forever. Yeah. Always. But I'm with you. I, I genuinely reckon... Do, do you want my honest prediction or do you want my Miami Heat prediction for this series? Oh, yeah. Miami in seven. 
if I was going to go my Miami prediction, but I'm not. It's going to be Lakers in five. So I'm not even going to bother. Let's stop being around the bush. You know me by now if you watch this show. I'm a realist, mate. I'm not here to piss in any Miami Heat fan pocket and say this. this. we need everything to go right for seven games. Yeah, everything. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. As much yep. as I love Tyler yep. Hero okay. and Duncan Robertson, yep. but if they start putting uh, them in screen and rolls and getting those smaller bodies guarding LeBron, um, I think even uh, some of the out some of our other guys, I think even Kuzma might even be able to bully Hero a bit because he's got a bit more size and things like that on him. So, look, I'm not saying we got the better team, but we got the no. Better, you might not be. We. As an overall team, I just think we've got guys, we've got you know, few more veterans there. You've got a young side. I mean, this is this is overachieving for Miami, and no one thought Miami would even get this far. In no, hundred percent. So this is like 100%. regardless, this is like great for the Miami organization. Well, it's the first time a fifth seed in the history of basketball has made it to a finals. There you go. So, um, but there's one man there, and he. he He's going to get done, man. He's going to get done. I'm expecting LeBron. He's going to average like 28, 10, and, uh, you know, let's go 28, 10, and 11. And he's... Well, I've, well, if Iguodala's guard now, I'm going to say 36, 13, and 9. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. They're going to have to throw the bodies at him, Doma. They're going to have to throw the bodies No, they're going to have to. Um, There's going to be a lot of guys thrown at him yeah. this series. And, 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 and as we know, it would have been easier for the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals because they had bodies to throw. They had their Kawhis and their PGs, and they could have even put Montrez Harrell on him. Yep. Like they had, and Beverly, even Beverly, I know he's undersized, but to draw a charge, they had that. And now that factor is irrelevant because as we've seen, you don't want to throw your best defender on guys to get him tied. And if Jimmy Butler's the best, you kind of want buckets to be an offensive presence in this series as much as a defensive presence. So they're going to be on that rotation. And we saw it, man. LeBron will just abuse, like we saw it in the last game. As soon as he can see a weakness in a team, he abuses it. And I know Murray was hurt, but it wasn't just Murray hurt in that last quarter. It was just LeBron James took over that game and literally stamped his authority on, on, literally on the ball game. He's like, this is basketball. I'm the best. If you want to get to a game seven or get whatever it was, yeah, game seven or six, you need to beat us. You, well, not beat us, beat me. That's what he was saying. You have to beat me. And if you beat me, then you're going to have to beat the rest of the team. So, because we saw he does get beaten in games, but Davis steps up. That's the problem. The yeah. two and big stars and their right. guns, bro. We, their we, guns. We've had They're Davis so step good. up, and we wouldn't go anywhere without Davis. It's it's oh, 100%. nowhere to lie. Like the guy's been monumental yeah. this season. Um, unbelievable pickup. We know what a talent he was coming from the Pelicans. Um, yeah. You know, the Brow. He's came here and and not for anything, Dom. Um, whether it be you know of his own fault, a fault of his own. Um, there's been times in his career where Anthony Davis has been regarded as soft, right? Um, you know, a bit of a, a soft player. But this stretch of games where he was, you know, hobbling on the ankle and injured, but he just got back out there, I think, you know, this is uh, the new age of um, 
new age of Anthony Davis and you know what he wants to achieve. You know, he's talking about legacy and legacy is winning championships and what a way to do it than to come to the Lakers, the biggest organization, and win your first championship, let alone oh, for the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. I oh, agree. So I think you know that that's going to be playing on his mind, and he'll he'll him and LeBron, you know, they'll know that they are the tone setters for our team, and that's not for okay. anything, Dom. When those guys come out flat, our team rarely are able to hold them. Yeah, up. Uh, yeah, they yeah, yeah they can't. Like yeah, we need they can't guys. put LeBron and AD that's on their right. shoulders. We, they can't. They're the best two guys, no. and they're gonna come out and play like they are the best two guys. That's the difference with us, and that's and that's why we've always said it with Miami that anyone could stand up at any stage and help some. Like that game where Harry went off for thirty-seven, yeah, we were struggling, and he just stepped up and just dominated. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Game one tomorrow. Game two on Saturday. Game three on Monday. It's coming quick. Every second day, there should be a break in there. I think uh, after Wednesday there might be. Uh, so. I think we could have the first four games by the time we get to uh, our next podcast. And so it could be over. Hopefully, I was about to say, hopefully, <laughs> we can pinch a game or two in there because it could be over by next Wednesday, potentially. No, I'm not going to talk like that. You know, I've, I've called nah. it in six. I actually think Miami are going to be able to get some, some games. But, of course, I'm going to go with my team. But I said yeah, prior, true. it didn't bother me. As long as we were able to get there, I think once we get there, we're gonna win. Doesn't matter where it was, Boston or Miami. We were, you know, we were we were gonna win, and I'm I'm sticking with that. I just think, you know, it's the goat, the baby. Good goat. Anyway, let's move on on the goat. Anyway, let's move on. Big news: Doc Rivers fired. Um, we discussed this a bit over the last twenty four to thirty six hours, and. We genuinely reckon that you can tell us if we're wrong after you've listened to this or when we upload it, that because the Lakers have been so in your face, what we said shouldn't happen did happen. Clippers got a pass. Clippers got a pass. They're they're the second team in LA and they're just flown under the radar here because the Lakers are doing great things. Uh, All I see, this this is the thing that makes me just... Is really weird, mate. Like, honestly, it's just the stupidest thing. How is a potato, playoff potato, is the one that's getting scrutinized for everything? And I've seen nothing on Kawhi Leonard. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Why is playoff potato? It's not his team. Kawhi Leonard is the guy on that team. And he... And he choked in every fourth quarter. Terrible in the fourth quarter. He choked. Horrendous. He does not get a pass. This is a, this is a two-time NBA champion, two-time Finals MVP. Uh, you know, wants to regard himself as one of the best, if not the best, in the NBA. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I listened to Colin, and he said something uh, very, very interesting. Our boy Cowherd, and he said he won, obviously, two titles in teams where the culture was already established. At San Antonio and then at Toronto, because it was the same team. It was just the culture was already established and the and the system. Now he's going to another team where there's a new system and a culture to be built, and it's a guy that doesn't talk. How are you meant to build something? That's that's the thing that I find really weird. But he's got a pass anyway. Doc Rivers gets fired. So is he the scapegoat? 
maybe. Uh, a lot of reports saying that they got pissed off that Harold was playing more minutes than Zubac. Last time I checked, I don't know if anyone else was watching the games, but uh, Harold was the only one in that game seven that uh, was actually putting effort in, uh, getting stops, actually scoring. Don't pick on my boy Montrez Harold. That's Get that's the, the thing I don't understand. Montrez yeah, Harold I... leaves it on the court every time he's on the court, and there's no doubt about it. You don't, I'm with you, you don't know basketball. You're blaming that on Montrose Howard. They're just trying to use him as a scapegoat. You know, you know who's to blame for that? Two guys. One, playoff potato Paul George, and two, mostly Kawhi. No show in the fourth quarter, Leonard, because he didn't show up in the fourth. That's all there is to it. It's as simple as that. It really is. Uh, it's now being linked that potentially uh, Philly may be looking at Doc Rivers as an option, and Coach. and the Pelicans and the Pelicans could be looking as an option. Ooh, there we go. The Pals, he will like that young team. Can build them up. Good defensive coach. They need to improve on defense. The Pals, that's for sure. So interesting stuff that we just wanted to touch on it. We'll see how this story obviously uh, evolves. But and we'll report on it there. But interesting stuff. Now we're we're seeing that Ty Lue could be the number one candidate, and we know Ty Lue is a good coach. So, in my opinion, I would have preferred Ty Lue at Philly. But we'll see what happens, man. Uh, we'll cover it as it comes. So yeah, good start to this this live stuff, man. Not not too bad. Uh, coming up next, uh, we just give you a bit of a rundown on the AFL. So stick with us. Alrighty, here we go. Bit of a- AFL update. So, Saucy and I are going to do a special pod this week for the AFL finals that start tomorrow evening. So, we're going to get that together. Uh, we'll do a bit of an analysis, and um, we'll uh, we'll go from there, I guess. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll give a rundown, matchups, matchups and awesome. yeah. Um, should be hopefully coming out tomorrow. Well, I mean, we'll see how this live stream goes. And if it goes successfully, um, maybe we'll do that one live as well. Yeah, maybe. Um, also, just, just quickly, before we do move off AFL, Kevin Sheedy on the board. Hey, happy about it. Heard it today. News <laughs> out of Essendon. Kevin Sheedy pointed on the board down at the Essendon Football Club. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's... You know, it's good. It's, news. A, it's a good day. It's a good day, man. Like honestly, hopefully yeah, it comes let's in. Be honest, hopefully it comes our in. Our club has been a shambles since that man left. Uh, let's be brutally honest. It has been. Um, as much as people want to criticize just... him towards the end of his tenure, <laughs> let's be honest. He was the last great club at our, our great coach at our club. Every single coach since then. He's gonna. He's coach. gonna walk in to the first board meeting. Uh, Waving, waving that flag around. Benny says out on 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 the ch- on the chat YouTube. 
don't bother with AFL analysis because Richmond is winning the flag. You know why he says stuff like that, John? I'll be honest with you. Because he listens to us and we've been saying it for the last like, two and a half months that they, why are we bothering? <laughs> They're winning the flag. But that's no, true. They are, they winning, are winning the flag, the flag so. to be honest. Um, so if, if we happen to be... We're, put, we're on the record. We're, you know us. We will wholeheartedly admit we are wrong if they don't win the flag. I don't care. We're putting it out there. I mean... So, you know. Yeah. Stay tuned stay anyway tuned. for that. We'll, we'll bring that to you tomorrow. Anyway, coming up next... It was back this week, Sauce. I almost missed the race, but it was back. <laughs> F1s. Stay One tuned. Next. Alrighty, here we go. F1 was back. Sochi, Russian Grand Prix. Uh, almost missed this one uh, because for some reason I thought we were going to be racing in Europe again. So, <laughs> Tell me about this. I thought was the race delayed by about 40 minutes because uh, <laughs> got to about quarter to 10. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll check, we'll check the, the, list, uh, the listing on KO Sports and <laughs> I said the race was live, mate, 23 laps in. What the? Anyway, I had to... Re- Rewind stuff from the start. Oh, Didn't great. check the socials. But uh, once again, drama on the first lap. Uh, What's going on? Can they can they get around the first lap without something happening? This is ridiculous. This is can't honestly ridiculous. They're the best drivers in the world. But Seriously. yeah, it, it was a joke, mate. Absolute joke. Uh, stroll out again. So obviously we had the break last week uh, and we're back this week. So in a fortnight of racing... Stroll has crashed out twice. And my boy signs. Carlos signs. He can't even finish the race. And you know what the funny thing is? When I read you the Constructors Championship and I tell you that McLaren's third, <laughs> that just shows you how well my boy Lando's been driving this year. That, that's all it's <laughs> the up and coming youngster in the ranks. He's a gun. He's a gun. But in saying that signs did win a race, he's been good as well. It's just we need him to stay on the track. Because when he does, he does great things. And he, we know he's a great driver. Because uh, we need him to do well this year, as he will be driving for uh, the big red tractor and uh, the Wiggles big red car next year at Ferrari. So, And they, as we know, they go nowhere on the track. But uh, safety car came out for that crash. First eight laps of the race. Wow, great start again. We've got safety car to start it. At least it wasn't a red flag on the session. Uh on the resumption, Hamilton led Bottas and Verstappen. Uh, but then something great happened. Uh, it was it was set up this week. Uh, if you haven't been following, Lewis Hamilton has 90 GP wins. He is one win away from tying Michael Schumacher for 91 GP wins. That's the most in F1 history. And it was set up perfectly. He was leading. And then he got hit with a double whammy penalty. What happened, Dommer? Oh, he, he had a practice violation one and a practice violation two. He was not happy two. on the mic. He was he not happy. He got he the old check, check the rule yeah, book. Yeah, he checked the rule book. He was just swearing. Oh, I was loving it. So he, he had to serve that 10-second uh, pen. Uh, and from that, he came back out and he was about eighth on the grid. Uh, and then, obviously, he worked himself back into it, as Lewis Hamilton does. 
Uh, Ricardo also received a penalty while in fifth, and that cost him a spot uh, and put him into sixth. But once again, like we say every week, it was literally a race to watch for the mid middle of the pack. Uh, from literally four to six, we're racing against each other, and from seven to twelve, we're racing each other. Um, which we're not going to see till 2022, uh, the equalization. So we just got to deal with it. But it's a good opportunity for these young kids to keep pushing it and getting better as drivers. What's the reason for, so when for it does... postponing the equalization, Doma? Some rubbish. Yeah. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. But it, you, that means you're supposed to be spending less money with the equalization. So wouldn't that make sense under this time? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it makes sense considering the F1 season is actually going ahead and they're pumping in that much money anyway this year in a so-called year of loss. It's not cheap to run F1s, mate. Like, if they stopped, the, if they stopped it tomorrow, that would save a hell of a lot of more money. But they've gone ahead with the season, so I don't know. Anyway, I would have thought as well they'd get more money because fans would be allowed back next year, so that's even more revenue. For them in an equalization year, they could use most of that merchandise sales and whatnot to help fund them also. But anyway, that's their call. I still reckon it's wrong. But uh, the young kids were good. My boy shattered 15th, had tire problems, had to come in, put him, set him too far at the, at the back. He was last for a while when he worked his way back up, but had to pit late. Uh, the standings in the race, Valtteri Bottas with the win, so someone different. Verstappen back to second after crashing out two weeks ago. Hamilton third, Perez in fourth, Danny Rick in fifth. Surprise in sixth in the big red tractor. Charles Leclerc drove that thing into the ground, mate. The way he was driving that big Ferrari. Red car. Isn't that what yeah. you were calling it, Dom? That's Vettel. Vettel's the big red car because it's a Muppet car and it does nothing, mate. Oh. It's there for show. It's, what, it's what, sad, it's sad, sad hearing that. What the hell you know what has Vettel happened to Ferrari honestly, racing team? He's going to a, super, uh, a shopping center. And you know when you used to see the... The Wiggles big red car with the bloody 20 cent, you put it in and starts moving up and down. Yeah. It only works when you put bloody 20 cent coins in it, mate. That, that's what it's like out there at the moment. Went down at Ferrari. They are shambles. Disgraceful. Then Ocon in seventh. He's been driving actually really well. Danny Kvyat in eighth. He's a partner in crime. Pierre Gasly in ninth. And Alex Albon in tenth. Uh, championship. Hamilton's up by 44 on Bottas now. Verstappen. In third, uh, on 128. And then, obviously, that mid-table, Norris, 65, Albon, 64, Ricardo 63, Leclerc, 57, Stroll, 57, Perez, 56, Gasly, 45. So, very close there. So, anyone can pretty much finish fourth. Constructors, Mercedes at home. 366, Red Bull second in 192, but as I said, McLaren 106, and then Racing Point 104 just behind them. So interesting stuff. We'll see what happens. No race next week. Race in a fortnight. Grand Prix is the in Germany next on the 11th of October. Whew. There we go. Good stuff. Doma, I like it. I like it. So. Uh, it's always interesting F1. when Hamilton doesn't win. That's what I'm going to say. Because usually, but... usually when he does win, he's winning by significant margins. It is. It is true. But And, and I agree with uh, what 
the commentary was saying during the race. They said the only person that hurts Lewis Hamilton this season is Lewis Hamilton because he's been getting penalties and stuff, and that's what's cost him races. If he didn't do that, he just he'd keep winning. He'd be out of sight really? now. Let's be honest. Oh, in the championship. I mean, he's, he's still quite heavily in front, but I reckon he's he's home. I reckon he's home. He'd, he'd, have he to, he'd have to literally start finishing out of the top ten. Consistent. Yeah, he'd have to have monumental stuff ups like the car problems, where like engine failures and DNFs, not finishing races and all that stuff. If yeah. he was going to lose, you know, yeah. because Verstappen and Bottas can duel it out and switch second or third on a weekly basis and steal points from each other. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I reckon he's home. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Two weeks time, I'm excited. German Grand Prix. All right, coming up next. Bit of UFC, mate. It was great. Oh, can't wait to get into this. Oh, we're back. Here we go. UFC, what a card it was. Elite. What a source. Go for it, mate. Hey, Get stuck in. Let me in. just say, what a, what, a, what a great day of sports it was on Sunday where I watched the Lakers get into the finals and then followed it into the UFC. Um, great stuff. Of course, the usual. You're going to go over the main card, talk over a few fights. Um, so the main card you had in the featherweight division, you had Akeem Dawudu defeating... Uh, Zorabia Turkov uh, with the third round decision in the women bantamweight division you had Catalan Vieira be- defeating Siraj Eubanks flyweight division in the men's you had Kaya Kara Francis the New Zealander uh, defeated by Brandon Royval the, U- the bloke from US and then we had the light heavyweights this was a great bout Dominique Reyes Vesian Blowitsk um, Yan takes it out, uh, gets the title, which John Bon Jones vacated. Actually, what I liked after the fight, Dommer, was he uh, called out John Bon Jones as soon as he won. I did see that. He's saying, Johnny Bonnie, where are you? Where are you? Let's, let's, He's saying, let's, he let's make him dance. Stop ducking. Stop ducking. Come fight him. That's what he wants. A big and of course, in mate. the main event, uh, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. Absolutely destroyed Ricky Martin, Paulo Costa, the Ricky Martin lookalike, as Adesanya used to call him. Likes to call him. Say what he did. It did look like a Ricky Martin after the fight. (laughs) He looked a lot worse off. Let me tell you. We'll talk about the two main fights. Uh, Dominic Reyes, Jan Blowitsk. Let me tell you, the man. This was a domination from start to finish. Essentially, Dom, like. At no, at no point did he look like he was in danger. He looked so controlled. Um, you know, didn't rush in. You know, landed a total of 41 strikes out of his 89. Um, significant strikes, 41. So meeting when he was landing, he was uh, he was hitting hitting them hard. He he he, he yeah. chopped up his legs. Uh, then he was able to just pull through, hit him with some couple of clean shots, uh, hit him one right straight up the middle, right hand. And finished him off. 
um, on the, the power, man. That was so much power. Um, you know, congratulations, the new You've... the new champ. Yeah, and he's looking for the next fight. He'd come out and called uh, John Jones out, as we spoke about. But uh, I think John Jones is focused on the heavyweights now, so he won't be going back down. But he, he it's good. He, he was impressive in his last fight and his last few fights. Is he's you know strung a few wins together and deservedly to get the championship. Um, what more can I say? I mean, Reyes never really looked like he was in the fight at nah. all. So, nah. it was a domination. And, you know, that just leads on to another domination in the main event where Izzy Adesanya um, looks like he wasn't even in a fight after the fight finished. Uh, it was clinical. It was domination, Doma. Uh, the bloke landed 26 of 27 leg kicks uh, leg kicks thrown, kicks to the leg. He was absolutely... You have a look at that fight. Uh, his leg was black and blue, mate. His leg, Costa's leg leg, was absolutely chopped up. Um, Costa, let me just tell you, mate. I'll just tell you. Let me just break it down for you, buddy. Right? It's all good <laughs> to do your antics and your, oh, it doesn't hurt when you hits you and, you know, come on, yeah, let's go, whatever. But when you get chopped up like that and you consistently get chopped in the leg by leg kicks and don't do anything to block it, uh, you know, raise your leg and, and, and try uh block it a bit or get out of range and swap it up and just allow it to keep happening and then try to play it off like uh, you're not hurt. Sorry, mate. Get real. Uh you got, you got, you slapped. got slapped it from was start to finish. A good old fashioned slapping. And, you know, it was really weird, Dom, because what Costa has been successful with before is actually going forward and uh, asserting his dominance. In this fight, you played on the outside. You're playing to Adesanya's hands. He just picked him off too much length, uh, was able to, you know, uh, strike a move. Costa couldn't even get him in the clinch, didn't even try to take him down. Nothing. You literally just got picked off from the outside, and then, um, you know, not for anything. I watched that. Uh, I watched Dana White. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gents, you can jump on the UFC Instagram page, and you can watch the post-match uh, interviews for uh, Adesanya and Dana White. But Dana White said the exact same thing as you, man. He goes, he was so surprised that he was bringing it back to the middle of the ring every time. Like, they got up on the cage at one stage, and they were jostling, and like Costa pushed him off, and just went straight back to the middle of the, of the cage. Like, makes no sense. He was he was shocked. Yeah. And literally, it was literally Adesanya just bullied him, just bullied him. He bullied him for two two and a half uh, two rounds, just bullied him, and then just finished him off, man. And Adesanya spoke up, uh, spoke really well in the post match, and he just said, "I've been in the game." That was actually his hundredth fight. Adesanya was saying in his career, yep. and he was saying, Social. he was saying, man, he goes, you think that I'm young in the sport and I've just got in here and a lot of people don't put respect on me. And he goes, I fought a hundred times, man. Like if anything, I'm a veteran in this sport. I know what it's like and I've seen it all before in my career. And he goes, I wasn't surprised. It was all talk and he just finished him off. It was so clinical. Yeah, it was. Uh, Benny in the chat talking about, uh, Izzy versus John Bon Jones. We know that's the fight we uh, want to see, but uh, Izzy making him wait. Yeah, Izzy is making him wait because Izzy's uh, a pussy. 
in that sense because John Bon Jones would absolutely destroy Israel and Asanya. I don't care what you say. Uh, you know, Izzy will probably have to go up a division and and if they fight at Jones's weight, Jones will destroy him. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Jones has proven that he can take guys down and no one's really been able to take Adesanya down and keep him on the ground and force him into an ugly match, you know? Um, whereas John Jones, has, has, on the other hand, has been able to do it all. Uh, I haven't really seen Adesanya get into too many matches where he, other than he's trying to keep his distance, strike, pick him off from the outside and keep it up on the ground, uh, keep it up standing. So I, I think... I think John Jones would actually destroy him, to be honest. So, but it's go. a fight that I want to see, and I hope at some point we make it happen. Potentially, I reckon. Well, he said I, it. Was, I reckon. Well, he said he's going to do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I think he said it in his post match. He actually said it. He said, "I got some other stuff to do in this division before moving up." He actually he said he wants to go to light heavyweight next. Oh, there we go. And fight there and try and win the title there and then try and move into heavyweight. But his thought process is if John Bones comes down and fights him in light heavyweight, then he fights him there. If not, he said it, it'll happen eventually. If He goes whether I have to fight him. He actually said whether I have to go through Stipe first, which is a big – like I can't believe he actually said that. Like He said if I have to go through Miocic first, before Look, I get he that li- shot, he likes at, to talk. Like and, and, you know, that's yeah. one thing I, I, you can't discredit the guy, even though his actions after he won the fight against Costa were pretty uh, disgraceful. If you ask me, looking like he's trying to hump Costa, that's just dis- I like I get it. Talked a lot of smack, but you knocked him out at the end of the day. There's no need for you to, you know, do that carry, and carry, carry on like a muppet. Like carry on, do your celebrations, run around the ring, yell, scream, do, do your buddy, do your break do your dance, book you know, don't. You know, pretend like you're fucking him from behind. Let's be honest. Um, that's pretty, you know, that's disgraceful if you ask me. You knocked him out, so you're, you're clearly the better guy. Um, that's exactly. all that needs to be said. Exactly. He, he was the one exactly. left on the canvas. So, um, yeah. Look, not for anything, Doma. We'll, uh, we'll move on. We obviously got their upcoming card as a UFC on ESPN, so uh, free this weekend. Holly Holm yeah. and um, Irina, Irene Aladana in the women uh, bantamweight, the main event. You've got the heavyweight. Nice. This is what we like. You know, Doma, we've got a heavyweight fight. Definitely tune in because heavyweights are It's always... not big boy again. No, it isn't the big boy, no. isn't it? It isn't Derek Lewis. Not our man. Not our man, Derek. Oh, but Derek. it's um, Jorgen DiCastro and Carlos Felipe, which is, uh, you know, some uh, new, new fighters. Uh, Jorgen... Castro six and one, Carlos Felipe eight and one. So both only having one loss. Yeah, nice. So um, nice. you know, entertaining stuff. You want to tune in, and heavyweight's always the way to go. If you ask me, you always say it, mate. It's where the, when the big boys come out to play. You got to watch. You got to watch. Um, you win, women bantamweight. You got Jermaine De Red Red Redemy versus Juliana Penner. <laughs> um, um, uh, you got the bantamweight in the man's Kyla Phillips versus Cameron Else Elsie. Uh, middleweight division, Daquan Townsend versus Dusko Todorovic. And Dusko Todorovic is 9-0. and So, I mean, Bang. you know, like I like to say, you always want to see when uh, the... It seems as though these guys are young up in karma, 9-0 and in the middleweight division, coming up against a veteran who's had 32 bouts. Look out, young fella. 
That's all I say. Because <laughs> as we've seen what can happen, the old dog can have its day. Don't worry about that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, that runs us through, Dommer. The UFC for another weekend. Massive yep. card. Love that. I mean, those, first, Massive those, those top two fights, albeit we're oh, a bit underwhelming in the sense we want to see it go to four and five rounds. Um, the other two fighters that won were just too good. Yeah, it was underwhelming, but in the other sense, clinical. clinical. So, both, on both especially Adesanya, especially Adesanya, that was just insane. Uh, that's it. We'll move on. Coming up next, uh, big week in EPL. So we'll cover that for you. All right, we're back. What a week. Oh, I've been waiting to talk about the Premier League, mate. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, Shithouse United. Shithouse United versus Brighton. That's where we started. Oh. Shithouse United, uh, my boys, uh, were terrible. Uh, as simple as that. So for you Shithouse United supporters out there, that's what I'm calling them from now, until they make a change. So if you're any, if you're a shithouse United supporter out there and uh, you're defending us, uh, shut your mouth. As simple as that. Just shut your mouth because you know nothing about the on, sport. If you're defending the crap that, I, yeah. that the crap that I've had to sustain for the last three weeks, just makes me sick. It makes me sick. If honestly, mate, oh. Brighton could have been teaching a bloody woodwork classroom. That's how many times they hit the bloody post and the crossbar on the weekend. It was just a joke. It was a joke. Make me is sick, it fair mate. To call them, and is it fair to call them lemons? Pretenders? Oh, they are lemons. Oh, lemons! <laughs> oh, lemons. Oh, no, they are. They're lemons, mate. I love it. Oh, terrible. I, I, I lost count, mate, how many times they did hit the post. The players, I'll be honest with you, they just look disinterested out there. <laughs> I love it, the lemon, uh, mate. That that's great. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, I, I'm literally speechless with I, them because they I look disinterested. I watched they it. They look disinterested. They just, you know, that's a team, Brighton. Um, you're Manchester United. The way that you allow Brighton to have the ball uh, and play at times, uh, the, your lack of pressure. It's, you know, and not for anything. You ended up winning because of a late penalty, which pot uh, potentially, you know, oh. could have been worse. You could have drew or you could have potentially lost the game. Um, we should have drawn or lost that game. But I do want to talk about that penalty, but I think we should talk about it at the end of this review for a specific reason. Yeah. Because I've actually made a note next to each game that was uh, a bit controversial. So, and piss me off. So, <laughs> shit house United. We'll, we'll, we'll get into we'll, who you're we'll playing next week. Later. I know what you're talking we about. We will. Time. We definitely will. Uh, we will move on, though. Crystal Palace versus Everton. 2-1 uh, win for, this game. for Everton. Um, you know, not for anything. You know, good for Everton. They're, they're doing well. Um, they're obviously improving on last season. They this are. This game was really close, Dom. 
uh, yeah, it was. It was. I caught a bit of it. And um, yeah, you know, there was a bit of a a dubious decision. Once again, we'll leave this towards the end to talk about all these sort of uh, decisions. It's baffling if you ask me, and um, you know, Crystal Palace can feel hard done by. They can feel hard done by. That's for sure. Um, But I think this is this is not. This is just the start of something that's going to be a weekly talking point, Dommer. This is 100% it is. 100% it is. A weekly talking point every week on, um, you know, Premier League analysis shows around, podcast, whatever. It's get, oh, People 100%. are going to talk about this. And it, it's better. going to go on and on. I think this is going to get to the point where it's, uh, it's probably going to stay for this season. And get changed at some point, probably next season. They, they need to look at it because the way it's being, you know, we'll speak about it later. But you know, Crystal Palace should feel a bit pissed off and hard done by, if you ask me. They should, they should. But you know, Inter Everton are looking a lot better, and we said it last week. Because Ancelotti's there, he's got a good system in place. They've got James Rodriguez, yeah. Dominic Calvert Lewin is looking really, really good, really promising early. Look, uh, link up play but and their we'll see... ability to play through. Play out from the back, uh, play through midfield. They've got guys who can put balls in, uh, and they definitely got enough talent up there to, to bang goals in. So, uh, as I said, I think this is you know maybe this is the year where like Could be a Everton bit of a surprise. Yeah. might be a bit of a surprise. They invested a lot of money last season; it didn't work out. They've moved on now. They've kept some of those players and brought some more quality in. Um, maybe this is the year where they try push for that you know top six, top four um, potentially. So I think that's what they should yeah. be aiming for, especially with their start to the season. So yeah, they've shown that they've definitely got quality. Well, next next up was the uh, West Brom Chelsea game. Now I don't know if you caught any of this, but Chelsea were down three nil. Yes, three nil against against West Brom. Uh, Callum Robson scored twice, uh, and then an absolute. Blunder Three goals from, in 27 uh, minutes, Tomer, in the yeah. first half. Oh, the, mate, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you, anyone out there has not seen the Thiago Silva blunder that uh, led to the third goal just before halftime, it was, it, was, it was fucking dreadful. Let's just put it that way. Uh, man, they got away literally. Oh, man, they scored a 93rd minute equaliser. Yeah, Chelsea. They got away with one. They got away with it. I tell you, West Brom were really unlucky. They played great football. They got them on the back foot. But it just shows... Uh, uh, listening to Lampard... after possession to 76%. Yeah, I know. I know. I was listening I was listening to Lampard, and he obviously said, new signings coming in, building that chemistry. It's actually a positive thing that they walked away with points. Yeah. Because it could have been very, very disappointing. Right. But, the, but when Chelsea in that second half, were coming back into the game, they looked unstoppable. They looked like they were going to score every single yeah. time. So every it just time. shows that the quality so, they've got out there, they obviously have to be better, more engaged in you know first parts of games, especially against those teams that you know you should go out there and beat as Chelsea Football Club. Uh, you got to make sure the first thing in any game that you play is to make sure that you do not go into halftime behind. Right? 100%. Um, 100%. That's that's key. Yeah? Nah, I agree with so, you. Yeah. The fact to yeah. go in half-time three goals behind, um, yeah, that's that's not good enough. And that's where the game was lost. You know, if they, they don't concede 
all those three in the first half, they come out here and they probably win, win the game. Maybe even if they go it's, in one yeah. goal down at half time. Um, it is, in all honesty, they did walk away with a point, but it is a loss for the club because yeah. you shouldn't be drawing against West Brom. And well, I understand they're playing away, but you should definitely not be down three 0 fans, Doma. Yeah, and you shouldn't be down. Yeah, and you shouldn't even be down three 0 Full stop. Yes, that, they exactly just played right. terribly. Uh, moving on, we had Man City versus Leicester oh, in the upset. Vardy party, it actually was a Vardy party. Uh, first goal was scored by Man City. Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez kicked an absolute perler. Fourth minute. In. For the first goal. It was an absolute strike. It was. It was Mickey. Seen it, it was very, go very find a highlight somewhere because it was an absolute cracker. Mate, he's, and then uh, Vardy gets a pen. 1-1. One, one. Uh, his second goal was just a little cheeky... Uh, Back like just a back flick off a cross, uh, and then he scored his hat trick on another pen given away by Man City, which was terrible. Uh, they they controlled the game, Man City, and they still stunk it up. We said it last week. Twenty-eight possession to twenty-eight percent, and we and we said it. it doesn't matter. We With said that it. Twenty-eight percent. They banged in five goals. Exactly, exactly. They gave away... Th- oh, well, one was a clear penalty, but they gave away two absolute howlers. Like, Kyle Walker blatantly just pushed someone in the box. It was just terrible. Um, Madison then scored probably goal of the game, in my opinion. Uh, got him up 4-1. Uh, then uh, Vardy got subbed off. Tillerman scored their fifth, which was a penalty. Uh, they got a consolation goal in there. I like him. I like him. He's a good player, man. Yeah, but no good. Uh, man City, it's a worry. I'm happy uh, because I'm a shithouse United supporter, so very happy. But yeah, Leicester, and we said this last week, yeah, if they keep bringing that crap that they produced against Lyon yeah. in the Champions League because they're playing exactly the same. Don't tell me they're playing different. They're playing identical. They lost that because you can't give up opportunities to good sides. They did it last week, but they got away with murder. Yeah? This week, you're playing quality opposition. So you do that stuff, and you're going to get beaten. They did it against Wolves, yeah? Wolves had opportunities in that first half last week. They could have won that game or even drawn it, but they squandered opportunities. Man City made most of theirs. So I don't know. People were trying, are starting to say a bit of Guardiola cracks appearing in the game system. If he hasn't got like the quality, like the top quality, he can't coach. I disagree with that because their whole team is freaking stacked. I don't know what team they're looking at, the bloody analysts. See, honestly, that's just look, not The Man City's team is a joke. They do have injuries. They've got like Gabriel uh, Jesus is injured and stuff like that, but it doesn't matter. The, the depth in, should that be... qual- in that squad, there's no right. excuses. Let's, let's, exactly. let's be honest. There is no excuses. Um, you know, come on. Uh, what the, it was I, just I terrible. They played they terrible. Someone else. They just bought someone else. In, Ruben Diaz. Uh, they did from ben, was it from Benfica, Benfica or something? Ruben Diaz, centre back. Yeah, Diaz. Yeah, Diaz, yeah I think so. Back. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, so they just obviously that means and, uh, uh, Guardiola knows they need to shore up that defence because they've just conceded five. Yeah. Um, well, Arke Arke scored uh, his first goal for Man City as well, which was a beautiful header off a off a cross off a corner. So. He looks good. But you've got to remember, 
they did cop three pens. Yeah, yeah. From, I understand it is poor defending if you're giving away three penalties, but some of them were just stupid pens to give away. But anyway, they suffered a loss. We like Leicester, so we're happy. It was a Vardy party. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which Tottenham versus Newcastle, which was a draw. Uh, you were watching this live, and we were having a, a chat while this game was on. And every, I reckon every five minutes, you were jumping out of your seat. It was a draw, 1-1. At half time. Just tell them. It should have been 7 nothing. They should have demolished them by halftime. Newcastle were on the ropes. What they, they, they should have absolutely been out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, they kicked the first goal, 25th minute. And after that, they could have easily had another two, three goals. I have no idea why they didn't put them away. And in the end, um, you leave it one goal. You always leave yourself opportunity for the other team yeah. to push in, push on in the last twenty minutes of a game, like Newcastle did, and they pinched the draw. So, oh, especially especially when uh, you got our favourite system giving you a penalty in stoppage time, the VAR. So that's how they drew that game. But it's okay. Uh, we will discuss that in another a moment. one. Uh, another one. Yeah. So seen that. Every week, but, but anyway, besides that, the point, the game should have been buried. Yes, it should have. Alan Shearer, I was watching the halftime, and Alan Shearer got on there, and he said, how the hell is Newcastle United even in this game? The game should be dead and buried, yeah, mate. It should have been. Buried. It should have been. Mate, and then I think Son, Son Min Hoon got uh, injured in that game, so uh, not, we like not Son. rated. We do like Son. They look threatening. Every time he's on there, yeah. man, he, he hit the post twice in the crossbar yeah. once himself. So, but we'll see, man. They actually look all right with Mourinho. Mourinho said it. He goes, we're actually looking good. I'm proud of my team and how they're playing. Like, Regalon hasn't played yet in uh, regular season games. He played in that Carabao Cup game this morning. He hasn't played. Bale yet to debut back uh, at Tottenham since he's been loaned out, so they've got the a lot of great excited. plays. He is, he is, he is excited. Uh, moving on, we have Burnley versus Southampton. Uh, Danny Ing scored again. He's a, he's just a gun man. He's so good for Southampton. They got the one nil win there. That's a big win for uh, them, if you ask me. You know, they're, 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 they're the games that those sort of teams need to win to make sure that they stay in the league. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Another matchup, West Ham versus Wolves. Uh, West Ham didn't have their coach, David Moyes, didn't have their centre-back, Diop, and another player because of coronavirus testing and isolation, I think it was. I think there was a positive test there. Uh, and they smack Wolves 4-0. They played so yeah, well. Just another uh, typical game of, uh, you know, it's not always possession that counts because they clearly got out-possessed. So two of their goals that they actually scored, West Ham, in this game were fouls that they conceded in the middle of the of the of the pitch, but they took quick free kicks because the players kept pushing hard. Like as soon as the the whistle was blown, in, like in favour for them, the foul, their players knew, oh, we're going to keep moving to attack. Yeah. All it took was Wolves to stop, and they just played through balls, and they were already running onto it, and they just had open opportunities. They scored twice from just doing that. Just call them sleeping, Dommer. 
yeah, caught them sleeping. It was great, great play by West. It just shows you play the whistle, but if you're the offensive side that's won the foul, I mean, you just keep playing. You can score at will. Uh, you can catch these teams asleep, man. Catch them uh, literally well, daydreaming. Anything, you know, I'll, I'll watch the Hammers, obviously, against Arsenal. We were able to get that win 2-1. But I said to you, Dom, um, that was a lucky win. West Ham could have got a, a point out of that. Maybe you could have even won that game. They had chances. Um, so, and this is against the Wolves side, what they finished sixth last season. They finished high up on the, uh, on the ladder. They, they, they coached well. So to beat them 4-0, yeah. and I think I think the Hammers cool, are man. actually on the up. I think they're improving. I think David Moyes and the coaching staff down there got them obviously playing a, a bit better, a bit more. You know, look, not for anything. Uh, David Moyes is actually a decent coach, Dom. I think, no, I, he's I a think, decent coach. You know, the whole thing at Man United, it didn't work out, but he, he was uh, actually better than your following coach after that, Louis van Gaal. He actually had a better record. Louis Van Gaal, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So and um, so like he's getting there. He's getting there. I think what's this his second season under West Ham coach, second or third season? Yeah, I think so. so second season. Yeah, it's good that they're giving him another opportunity, and maybe the Hammers because they have spent a, a few dollars um, in, in the last two seasons. They can put some wins together because we know the Hammers they're definitely they're a storied club in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Uh... Next up is literally Villa versus Fulham. Uh, if you're a Fulham fan out there, I I feel for you because you are a rabble, yeah. man. You actually are a rabble. Scott Parker, he could potentially be gone mid-season. Oh, mid-season. Uh, yeah, give him around like, four games the way he's going. Yeah. Jack Grealish, by the way, for Aston Villa, is an absolute monster, mate. He monstered that team. He is so good. It is ridiculous. Great player. Uh, they got the win 3-0 there. Now, look before we wait, get to wait, the Arsenal second, game. Not for anything. You know, I'll just give you the next four games for in, in the Premier League for Fulham. They've got Wolverhampton Wanderers, yeah. Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, lose. Uh, West Brom, I'll give you lose. the fifth, and West Ham. Out of those teams... How, they should lose. They'll probably win one. They'll probably win one game. Because what I saw from Sheffield United on the weekend, uh, they'll beat them. Yeah, Sheffield United will beat Fulham. So they play a good maybe brand. Maybe of- they win one game. I actually can't see them beating the Hammers. I can't see them beating nah, Wolverhampton. I Palace. reckon they'll bounce back next week. Yeah. Crystal Palace are a better side than them. Um, you know, you got Sheffield. You say them. So maybe West Brom. That's the only game that we can see West them Brom, maybe. winning that game. It's not uh, looking it's good. It's not looking good. It is not looking good at all. They nah. uh, have lost every game uh, so far, and that could potentially be only one win. Uh, in their first, what, nine games, and that could be see you yeah. later, Scott Parker. <laughs> yeah, I reckon he's gone, mate. Uh, second last game we're going to cover, uh, the team that's true to our heart. Your boy, Dommer. And my boy, Paddy Bamford. I love the cut of his jib, mate. He's a beast. I love him. He's my boy, Paddy Bamford. Oh, I was man, watching it, scored, and I was on a live call scored. with you, and I said, Bamford, he's scared. <laughs> I love him, mate. I love him. Uh, genuinely happy for Leeds United. It's another win to notch under their belt. Sheffield United, though, props to them. They played so well. They had so many opportunities. They could have snatched yeah. that and potentially kicked a fair few goals against uh, Leeds in that one. But Paddy Bamford, 
I'd love to see Thomas at least sitting Herbert. above Tottenham and Chelsea on the ladder yeah. <laughs> and Man City and Man United. Go Leeds! Cometh the man, cometh the moment, mate. Paddy Bamford. What a oh. gun. You've got to love him. Uh, and the last game, uh, your boys played against uh, Liverpool. Yeah, Dom. 3-1. You know, I said to you... Uh, I wouldn't be upset ago, with Arsenal, um, to be honest. This will really be our first test to see how far we've come under uh, Mikel Arteta and his uh, managerial presence. Look... We've improved, uh, and you, you know I, I came into this game not expecting. I expected us to lose, um, and there was potential. You know, th- there's times previously um, where we've, you know, played against um, Liverpool and not been able to get to a point at half time uh, where we have a chance to actually go on and get a result in the second half. Um, so we did well to keep it within, you know, a goal. But we scored the first goal. We were defended we defended for our lives until we got that one opportunity. And that one opportunity actually came through a bit, a bit of luck. Took the opportunity. But to go down the other end and literally concede three minutes later just shows that the concentration, I mean, albeit the concentration was there prior um, where was the concentration for that 10 minutes after a goal where, you know, it's known that that's potentially one of your most vulnerable points to concede. Um, wasn't there. And that 10 minutes preceding after that goal, we, we, we conceded to and went in at halftime, 2-1 down. And not for anything, um, you know. The, We've said it, though, about the, Liverpool, man. Yeah, Liverpool, the thing is, Liverpool... They're on another level. They've got the quality to just change gears. And when teams are able to just do that, you know, you, they're playing in this manner, and then all of a sudden you just see they've, they've ramped it up and they're linking and they're link-up play through the midfield, through the front third, um, to be able to create chances just goes to another level. And you see that. Um, their, mid, their wingers just bombing on, their right-back, left-back, Alexander-Arnold and uh, Robertson. Uh, you know, obviously Andy Robertson got in there and scored. And... You know, that came down to a bit of uh, lack on our part to not track back and track his run back. Um, but all that being said, right, we were still in the game at halftime, Dommer. We were still in the game. Arsenal yeah, was still in the yeah. game. And we came out in the second half and we played, you know, with urgency and we played better. And not for anything, we actually had a chance where Lacazette was one-on-one with the keeper and he kicked it straight into him to potentially equal the game to two all. Um, but, you know, you don't take your chances. And to be honest, Dom, when, um, you know, we are not as not as good quality of a team, in a sense, um, you know, you need to take those chances. Because if you don't, we found out um, they could have had another goal earlier than this 88th minute you know credit to us we stayed into it that long but we had to keep bombing on and even the goal that they got um was from a you know i keep saying it as long as we play david louise we ain't going to get anywhere was from a david louise you know absolutely a pourable defensive header where he literally you know lolly popped the header to the 
to the top of the box on as a defensive header. You know, when he should have headed it back out either for a corner or back out in that direction, not lollipop it to the top of the box where um, Yogo Jota, on his first game for the club, was able to just control it and uh, put it in the bottom corner and finish us off. So, credit to Liverpool. They are definitely the side to beat um, this year in the Premier League. They have got so many weapons and their link-up play and ability to, to move the ball um, through midfield, the way that they're... they're yeah, winning. their quality, um, man. Um, so yeah. yeah. Look, they're, they're just great to watch. And, and you can't... You know, Klopp, I've said it. The guy's a maestro. Um, you can see the morale and everything in that club. And not for anything, it just shows that when, you know, someone like Jota came on and it was his first game for the club... Um, and he comes into the team and looks like he's been playing there for three seasons, the way he was finding yeah. space and getting into positions and knowing where to run and everything. It's just a credit to the the team and, and the setup. So and Klopp. So yeah, Klopp, a hundred percent. They're they're a great outfit and they're going to be tough to beat. But uh, we'll, before we get into it at the end here, we'll just quickly run through um, the games for next week. We've got Chelsea versus Crystal Palace, Everton versus Brighton. Leeds versus Man City, uh, Leeds home game there, so hopefully they can get a win. Newcastle versus Burnley, Leicester versus West Ham, which would be a great game. Southampton, Southampton, sorry, versus West Brom. Arsenal have Sheffield United, uh, Wolves versus Fulham, Shithouse United versus Tottenham Hotspur, Aston Villa versus Liverpool to round out the week four fixtures. So some good games up there, and. Uh, We'll have a look and see what happens. But let's get into it uh, quickly before we move on. I've made note here, yeah? VAR, 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 VAR. I'm serious. You said it perfectly. Tool that players are going to use now. In late game situations, to say to the refs, you need to review it. You need to review it. And some of the calls of VAR have been disgraceful, mind you. It's meant to get the call correct. Sometimes it doesn't even do that. But uh, I'm with you, mate. It's going to be a talking point. Uh, this week was a really bad week for uh, reviews and decisions. I wasn't happy personally. I was happy to get the win, clearly. Uh, in our game, but the fa- their coach summed it up perfectly at Brighton. He said, once we scored in the 95th minute, as soon as the ball was kicked out, kicked off, the, the whistle should have blown. We got the penalty, I think, ninety six at uh, the 96 and a half minute. How we got to play another freaking minute and a half and get a corner out of that minute and a half is beyond me. Uh, as soon as they scored, mate, I... Dropped my head into my hands, mate. I was like, "That's it. I can't believe we lost this game." Because in any other football game on the planet, as soon as they kicked off, you should have blown the whistle. It was ninety fifth minute, and that's it. Game over. But Fergie time, mate. Obviously, Fergie time. Fergie time. <laughs> it still exists, mate. Yeah, Fergie time exists when Fergie comes back and kicks uh, Solskjaer out of the freaking chair. Goes on the manager, but yeah, it's just the VAR, the one, the evident one was terrible. Yeah, absolutely look, I've seen terrible. That, Dom, and it, it, it was, I don't know, I, I honestly don't know um, what their 
what they're doing down there. Like, seriously, it's... As I said, it's going to be a talking point every week. We're going to see these every freaking week, these these decisions. Um, I have no idea, man. Like, I just don't understand it. I really don't. Um, I, I've got, I'm lost for words on some of these decisions, to be honest, Dom. And it's, it was it's, pretty it's bad. ruining the game, essentially. Um, I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's, it is horrendous. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, it doesn't become so integral in uh, every game going forward because it was uh, definitely not good. Definitely, definitely not good. Uh, But we will move on. Uh, Coming up next, NFL, mate. You're going to go on a rant again. Jeez. All right. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. NFL, big week. You're going to get into it in the next game. We're going to try and go in order, get a few of these games done and dusted. Uh, Dolphins versus Jacksonville. Ryan Fitzmagic, it was great. It was so good. Got us the win. I was a happy man. He went 18 to 20, 160 yards, uh, QBR of 97. He beat Gardner Minshew. Looked all right at times, but as we said, Jacksonville to Jacksonville. So they're going to resort back yeah, to look, some games the, where they play the terrible mate. So. That we, we knew who they were. Like, that's the team we expected them to be, essentially. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, it's nothing to be expected, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Uh, next up, <laughs> we had Mitchell Spud Bisky. Replaced by Nick Foles, <laughs> beating the Atlanta Falcons and Matty Ice Cold in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown? Oh, um, Look, if you've been following, uh, if you've been following, ladies and gents, obviously, you know, I gave, uh, uh, I gave that as my biggest bet of the week. Um, Atlanta Hawks minus three, and Doma, you know, uh, was uh, on the way to work, just monitoring the scores, sort of. Um, 
had it there. Said 16 points up going into the last quarter. Thought, you've done it again this week. Your 3% play on the money, you know, was celebrating prematurely, but <coughs> rightfully so, because uh, not for anything, they were had a uh, 98% win probability, which is, you know, win probability is based off historical events. So, you know, 98% of the time when uh, a team is leading uh, 16 points going into the fourth quarter, they generally go out and uh, close and win the game. Um, <laughs> what happened from the uh, eight-minute mark to the four-minute mark in the last quarter, Doma, was an absolute disgrace of a display of gridiron football. An absolute disgrace from top to bottom, from their their coaching to their offense to their defense. An absolute disgrace. Doma. I'm watching this game. I had to go back and watch the last quarter to see what happened. For anyone out there who doesn't know, they obviously, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the greatest coaching of all time, uh, the Chicago uh, coaching staff, pulling Mitchell Trubisky and putting Nick Foles. Nick Foles just went out there and done Nick Foles things, and we know what he can do. Obviously, he led the Philadelphia Eagles to uh, a Lombardi trophy. Um, but... I'm not even going to go out there and just talk about Nick Foles and, you know, him leading the comeback. He was, he was part of it. The Atlanta Falcons, you're a shambles. Two weeks in a row, you've lost points of 15 points or more in the in the last quarter. And not only was it, you know, that they uh, got chased back from, you know, there's 12 minutes in, in, in a quarter. They got chased back from the eight-minute mark. So at the eight-minute mark, they were still up by 16 points. From what happened from that point... Is a joke. It was a disgrace. It was a disgrace, Dommer. You know, you had Matty Ice and the offense. Um, Matty Ice cold. Matty Ice cold and the offense. It, refusing to it run went the ball. From seven. When you've run, was... run the ball for 145 yards of offense on the through three quarters, you stop running the ball when one of the key things is clock management in the NFL and the ability to manage the clock down the stretch. You keep the clock running. They, they kept trying Mate, to pass Gurley the ball. was dominating. When you do an incompleted pass for anyone who, out there who doesn't know, it stops the clock. You're up 16 points. Why are you trying to stop the clock by you running incomplete passes, man? Like, just run the ball. Get the ball moving. Get your first downs. Like, I couldn't make it. Gurley was dominating. He was playing so well. Yeah, but Dom, they had 145 yards on the ground. Through That's what I'm saying. No, but he has the running... That's what I'm saying. As the running back, give the ball to Todd Gurley. He's just going to run the ball. What the hell? But they, Stop trying to throw it to bloody... Dom, and then I'll take it to the defensive side of the ball. The absolute shambles of defense that proceeded to uh, Nick Falls getting one of the touchdowns, one of the three touchdowns that he threw oh, through that was terrible. in, in, in that the was last so quarter where the guy caught it at about the 30-yard line and two guys wrapped him up in a tackle and then somehow just let go. Let him go. Essentially, they had oh, him. They terrible. had him. I don't know. I literally don't know because, you know, if so, they stop one of those, I understand, but I just don't know how they lost the game, Dom. I don't well, know. It was I'll tell, so I'll tell, I'll bad. Tell, it was just... Man, Foles took risks yeah, he did. on third downs and they paid off. Third and fourth downs and they paid off. 
He did, but... So, it's... so I'm assuming that you're now uh, going to be like our boy Colin Cowherd and uh, completely get off of Atlanta oh, Falcon. They can go get stuffed. He's oh, done yeah, with I'm, them as well. I'm done with them. They, they're absolute shambles. You know, two weeks in a row, they've given up a 98% win probability in the fourth quarter. Right, so from now on, it should be literally going into the last quarter and they're up by 16, win probability 10%. No, you should ring up on the live bet and bet on the other team because they'll be paying like 10 bucks. <laughs> you can make money. That's what you should do. Oh, next next time that happens, I'm doing that. They're lead, if they're leading oh, going into a fourth quarter, I'm betting on the other team. Oh, you should. You actually should. Mate, they, they were terrible. Uh, moving on, we had Rams versus Bills. Uh, man. Bills move the ball well. Uh, You're liking Josh Allen, your boy. I am. Uh, LA had a pick early in the second, which hurt them. Uh, man, he's worked on his game a lot. He throws an absolute rocket, that guy. But he, he's been working on his feints, yeah? A lot. A lot. Like, guys can't even get him sometimes. And he's a big unit. You should be able to just grab him. Like, we saw him do his big fend-off uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's a big beast of a human, mate. He's, they were up 21-3 to three at halftime, Buffalo. Then 28-3. to three, uh, Then LA just picked up their defending. Uh, they got it 28-17. They got a two-point conversion after getting their TD. Got it to 28-25. And then LA actually took the lead. With six minutes left in the game, uh, 32 to 28. Uh, an LA flag with 21 seconds on a fourth down cost them as it got a restart on the throws, on the on the downs for Bills. And with 15 seconds left, uh, TD for them. So, Alan was great, man. Really, really good. Uh Singletary was a beast in this game as well. Cole Beasley was really good. Uh, Stefan Diggs had a nice TD catch. Four TDs, uh, 128.9. But LA's uh, good, man. LA's rating. good. Rams are good. Quarterback rating, my bad. But, um, but Rams are good, man. Rams are going to be good. Like, Donald, Aaron Donald got some big, big-time sacks at the end there, yeah, that got them in the, back in the yeah. game. Like, he single-handedly almost won them the ball game. Uh we, Just we unlucky. Know this Ram Just unlucky. Club is, is, they're, they're, they're good. good. So um, they're good. They're, they're going to challenge they a, teams. We'll, yeah. we'll see how they 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 able to we close games yeah. out in the fourth. But they made a run for it. You know, fifteen to seven in the fourth. So and in the second half, not for anything. They were they were uh, getting severely outplayed in the first half. So yeah. to come out second half, um, be able to, you know, apply the pressure. But you know that game clearly lost by uh, not being able to put enough points on in the first half. And, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills defense, they were able to, to nullify them in, in the first half. You know, made it hard for them to move the ball up the field, you know, get consistent first downs. Um, yeah. But it was a good game. It was a good game, all in all. It was a really good game. Really good game, really good game. Uh, next up, we had Cleveland versus Washington, which, I'll tell you what, they were down going into the fourth quarter, Cleveland, in this, and they pulled on 17 points in the last quarter to win it. And, you know, I, so, I said, Doma, I said, oh, you know, I, I was thinking about taking Washington, but I didn't want, I didn't want to take uh, two absolute spud teams because I already took the Giants, and we know how that worked out. Um, 
and not for anything. They've actually should have made a better better meal of this game in the fourth quarter. They literally, the, Haskins and that offense in that fourth quarter turn into absolute uh, lemon. <laughs> Fair to say, because uh, they uh, had literally nothing going for them. Nothing going for them. No, they, they were terrible. Browns, you know, they've got a lot of a lot of um, weapons on that offense. You know, let, let's have a look at, at, at Baker. He's, uh, you know, 16 of 23. QBR was 74.1. Um, you know, run the ball 108 yards by Nick Chubb. I mean, they dominated well, They dominated it on the ground, you know, running for 158 yards. That's, you right. know, that's great uh, running offense. You know, uh, apparently Baker Mayfield and uh, Odell don't have any chemistry, even though he was uh, targeted six times, uh, four receptions, and, uh, I mean, no TD, but he was uh, most yards on the re- Cleveland receiving team. So, um, but don't get ahead of yourselves, Cleveland, because you uh, only played <laughs> Let's be honest. Correct. Let's be honest. Um, and uh, you know they still haven't improved. They still haven't impressed me enough to to sell me. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Uh, next up, we had the Tennessee Titans versus the. Where are we? What's happening here? My thing's just against the Vikings. Now, there's nothing much to say in this. Stephen Goskowski had a career high. Uh, I think six field goals kicked in this for Tennessee. Kept them in the game, whatever. They won it 31 to 30. Get ready to put the Lemon back on the screen because our boy has backed up his 9.4 QBR from last week. Kirk the Lemon Cousins with a 44.3. He was terrible again. Lemon! He was terrible. What is he? What is happening? Delvin Cook rushed for 181 yards in this game for Minnesota. That's how they stayed in the game. If Delvin Cook wasn't rushing for freaking 181 yards, I, I couldn't see them winning, mate. They were Justin Jeff- Jefferson had uh, 175 receiving yards, but he was a lemon. He's oh. Anyway, I'm, we're not going to spend a lot of time on these games, mate. He's just struggling. He really, really struggling. Uh, we had Raiders. You like that? Raiders. You like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. Two, in, uh, two interceptions. QBR forty-four point three. Oh, Wowee. Come on. I'm just looking forward to seeing what what he's going to put up next week. To be honest, I'm hoping that. It's hey, the Titans three and zero. Get riding high. You're yeah. looking good in that division with Ryan Tannehill. Um, they're, they're looking definitely right. between them and the Colts, I believe. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had New England uh, against the Raiders. Uh, hey, look, this is uh, you know the Raiders looked good last week. They go on the road um, to New England, but Pats and uh, Cam Newton. We've heard good things about him. You know, his teammates, teammates are very, very impressed. Um, you know, talking about how his worth, his work ethic um, and how much time he puts in in regards to studying the playbook um, you know getting to the practice facilities first last to leave um, the old line but 
you know, they, they believe in him as a quarterback. As, a and as they should. I mean, yeah. the guy has been MVP. And I think, you know, one of the most, one of the most, um, the, the great lines I took away that out of all the things that Cam Newton said in his interviews was, I ain't here, you know, they asked him, um, there's two things. They said, he said, one thing was like, you know, I ain't here for the money. I've made enough money in my career, right? That tells me he's here to win. And he's here to, you know, he's... Yeah, 100%. This is the first time in his career he's had a Hall of Fame coach, right? Man, he looked good, though. Like, he, he was partnering up with guys like Rex Burkhead in this. And Rex Burkhead looked really good. Sonny Michel looked really good for rushing. But Burkhead was was great. Had two, D, uh, two TDs. I'm pretty sure three TDs. He looked really good. Uh, QBRs weren't anything to hang your head on if... For both quarterbacks in this game, they weren't the greatest. Uh, but Raiders look alright, though. They're not going to be uh, terrible. They just made a few errors, which cost them. But New England just went through the motions, I guess. And yeah, it was it was a good game to to go and watch some TDs thrown. And but a lot of people won't because you can't be bothered watching our New England. You want them gone. But they're going to be good. That's the problem. Get they're used to it. Good, Next up, we're going to cover this in about uh, one second. San Francisco, good. Giants, shit. Uh, moving I'm on. I'm not betting on them again, Doma. I said to you, I said I could look like an absolute genius taking the plus four. I can look like an absolute fool. And uh, let's just say uh, I'll give myself one of these because I look like an absolute lemon <laughs> with that pick. Oh, it was terrible. But uh, moving on, we have Bengals versus Philly, the first tie of the season. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to say it once again. They probably should have won this, uh, the uh, Philadelphia uh, Eagles. But Dumb I'll tell you what, if, if, if our boy Burrow, well, your boy Burrow. Hey, I like him. I like gets, Burrow. He's gets good. a defense. He and gets they don't, defense and a man, half, they're going to be all right. And be half, right. half an offensive line because let's just say, yeah, they're going to be all right. A disgrace. But they look good though. Philly look good. Wentz looks really good. Uh, I, they just got a lot of injuries, like like you've been saying, mate. Like uh, I don't know. He looked really good, Wentz, in my opinion. But yeah, look, throw two interceptions. They are playing them, against a terrible Bengals defense. Right? Yeah, don't don't forget that, ladies and gentlemen. They, they should have won this. Is a disgrace. Philly should have um, won. And not for anything, Philly, you know, in overtime, if they just could have just done the tangibles, which is, you know, being able to play without giving away penalties, they would yeah. have put themselves in a position where they would have had an opportunity for, you know, 48 to 50-yard field goal for the win and push the total over 46.5 points, Dommer, where I had that as one of my bets, and I've lost by half a point because these Muppets couldn't close it out in 12 minutes of overtime. Yeah. Mate, I'd steer clear of uh, Philly, Bengals. I think we're, we're learning very quickly. We've got to steer clear of a few teams. Boy Collins uh, said uh, in that division where the Philly Eagles are, uh, yeah. they're quite of uh, like, uh, you know... They're like, yeah. they're like what? Uh, eight, eight it, could uh, potentially win the win the division. Yeah, I think they're two nine and one in the in the division. Two that nine and one. Division is stinking at the moment. Very very stinky stuff down there. Uh, next up, we had Texans versus the Steelers. Well, 
he's he's zero three. Hey, he's zero three. I, I, you know, we know you said it. Like that veteran presence, just having Big Ben back in there, it makes a big difference over like a Mason Rudolph who they had last year. So Steelers advance a three and zero. Like I don't see this team. We've said it. We don't see them being like a playoff threat, but they're good. Big Ben, like they're going to push some teams. They're, they're a decent side, mate. So. We'll look to see how they progress for next week when we go through uh, week four schedule. But next up, again, we're not going to spend much time on this one. Colts versus Jets. Uh, not good for the Jets. Not good at all. They just got slapped around, unfortunately. Oh, man, I like the Jets. I really want to see oh, some improvement. Like, they lost 36-7. to seven. Uh, There's not much to stay on with this game. They just got beaten up pretty badly. Next up... The the Panthers the Panthers beat the Chargers, which it's a bit disappointed really because Justin Herbert he's he goes out he boy does he throw the ball he threw it forty nine times on on the weekend so yeah good win there for the Panthers they're one and two Chargers are now one and two so a lot of one and twos uh, Buccaneers two and one now beat the Broncos hey who, this Bucks side they're coming along obviously yeah. the first week bit of. Uh, chemistry issues, but as they're playing more and more games, they're looking stronger. Obviously, with uh, the goat at quarterback, Tom Brady, and uh... I'm surprised though with the Broncos, man. Like they're struggling, yeah, big time. They are struggling. Um, we we don't know what they're doing at the QB position. Um, I'm I'm not sure did if, if Driscoll actually got injured or he just got pulled for stinking it up because he was. Uh, he ended with a QBR of 21.8. <laughs> I'm guessing it was because it was stinking. That's uh, not very good at all. Uh, next up, we had Detroit beating Arizona 26-23. Yeah. Matt Stafford gets his first win of the season, and Colin Murray gets his first loss of the season, so that sends I... them to a 2-1 and one in Arizona. Yeah, so... I think... I think... We said that, that that we can see the Lions winning about six to seven games this season. So this is a game that they could you look at that and they could potentially win. I mean, unfortunately for me, I, I got I was uh, high on the Arizona Cardinals hype train and was let down <laughs> severely. And I took them plus six on the line, minus six on the line. Sorry, and uh, I've had an absolute mare on on the on the on the punt this week. Yeah, you weren't uh, as good as you were last week when you were four and four, uh, four and oh, sorry, and you killed it. But uh, moving on was to the, the last three games, mate, of this week Great were matches. absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I'm penciling it in. Got the pen. It's two now for Dak. He's thrown over 350 yards two weeks in a row. Uh, I could be wrong here. Because I didn't take into consideration the fact that he's got a different coach. Uh, it's clear and evident that he's been told to throw the ball more. He threw the ball 57 times, Dak Prescott. I don't think he threw the ball 57 times in the last five seasons. That's oh, three a lot seasons, for him, to be honest. 57. And, you know, he, massive, man. Uh, but he, he threw uh, two picks, Dommer. So that's uh, yeah, no, always uh, that. not yeah. good. Um, yeah. But I think... I don't know. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that uh, throwing the ball uh, 57 times. You, you've got uh, Ezekiel, the man mountain, Elliot, right there at uh, running back. 
And, he struggled a bit though. And and the guy he, he only got fourteen carries, uh, only averaged two point four on the carries. But um, they got to do better at moving the ball. 60, 61 uh, rushing yards. That is uh, not going to be you know. I mean, it's uh, maybe okay if you got uh you know. Aaron Rodgers or uh, Peyton Manning, someone of that ilk, who's got the, the arm, but Dak yeah. Prescott does not have that quality of an arm to, you know, um, go down throw fifty-seven yeah. times. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. But on, on, on the other end, on the other end, our our favorite, our prodigal son of this show, Russell Wilson, comes out and throws five TDs. And lights it up. My boy. No interception. I like Russell. He's, he's a I'm going to read you a few things here. I took some notes if when I was watching this. the man doesn't get any MVP votes this season. Mate, he's thrown like bloody, was it 15 or, 14, 15 or 16 TDs in the first three weeks. Some some guys go 20, 20 TDs and bloody 18 picks for a season. This bloke's bloody, in three weeks. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He, he's he started at the, the game, moment, and that man. Seattle Seahawks team are looking good. He threw a bomb at the beginning to Tyler Lockett, who is a beast, oh, by yeah, the way. I've seen that. TD. That was a great touchdown. Uh, Wilson to Lockett was for three TDs at the half. That was a great link up. I took a nice note here because I'm going to call him out. DK Metcalf. Oh, seen Wilson, this. Wilson should have six TDs. He threw an absolute bomb. He was in the end zone. He went to do his fancy little footwork, arrogant bullshit. And the rookie, credit to him for Dallas, Diggs, running behind. He's like, you know what? He's going to punch the ball from behind out of his hand before he got in the end zone. No TD. Got called as a touchback, so they had to redo the play. Mate, come on. Get in there, then do your stupid celebration. Finish off the play. Finish Look off like the a play. Muppet. What I understand, like you, you run into the to the to the end zone, uh, secure the TD, then do your celebration. Don't do your celebration before you've even entered into the end zone. No, you, like you could have clown. literally potentially cost your team the game. Um, then you would look like more of a muppet than you already are. But not for anything. DK Metcalf. He played well. He played You're well, lucky you played well he played because you would have well. gotten you know what. Yeah, DK, uh, he, did, you, he did make up with it. I think he caught a, a TD pass later in the game. So um, he did. You know, he did. He, he did step it up, but it's more just the but fact. But yeah, that, that is he, that is just unexcusable, you know. And you can't be doing those uh, amateur hour things in the big time. Yeah, Dak. Uh, they had the opportunity. They hit the woodwork and they missed a field uh, field goal conversion point. Uh, they could have had been thirty three to thirty eight, and a bit of less pressure on them, Dallas, at the end, but. That second pick was right at the end of the game. Dak was trying to go for the Hail Mary to win. So, and it got, so in my opinion, it doesn't count. <laughs> but it's they had must, to try. It's a must throw. Yeah. But uh, next up, Packers Saints, the heavyweight battle of the world. Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. Wow. It was, it was great. Both threw three TDs. Um, Alan Lazard, the young kid from. The Green Bay Packers. Six yards on the reception. Jeez. I'll, t- I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. This score of 37 to 30 is no true reflection of how 
the Green Bay Packers slapped the New Orleans Pelicans in this game. If it wasn't for Alvin Kamara chopping up the Green Bay Packers on receiving and rushing, they potentially could have lost by three TDs in this. They got slaughtered. They were getting killed. They were making it hard for Breeze to get the ball out, his timing, everything. He, Without Michael Thomas in this team, Drew Breeze is struggling a lot yeah. as a big target. Yeah. And Kamara stepped up, man. Big, big ups to him. Literally, you have a look at it. He led in the rushing yards and the receiving yards, and he dominated. He got the, he had a running uh, uh, a reception where it was unbelievable. He ran bloody forty yards and he got a TD. It was fantastic. But he kept them in the game. Breeze being accurate helps, but he kept them in the game, or else they would have been in a lot of trouble. But they look good, Green Bay. Green Bay look good. They look They're putting good. The I wrote them together. off. I wrote them and off. I wrote them off. I'm, I'm I wasn't... telling you, it's just a matter. It's just a matter of keeping Aaron Rodgers uh, healthy. I think potentially if they they get a, uh, a you know another weapon, one more could help. Maybe them out. I reckon they're loaded though. Like this Lazard guy has played pretty well. Sternberger, who's a rookie as well, actually played really well. Aaron Jones is a gun. I don't know. They look alright. They look alright, but time will tell. And then obviously, the gun show was on display in the last last game of the round. KC versus the Ravens. And I'll tell you what, my homeboy came out and said, I'm getting paid the big bucks gave for us, a reason. the shrug. Yeah, he said, this is why I get paid the big bucks. Because I'm the best QB. He pulled on with the Kansas City Chiefs in the second quarter. 21 points and iced the game. The game was finished at halftime. Yes, yeah. it was 27 to 10. Uh, they didn't look like they were coming back. Lamar Jackson... Um, take spent... note, Atlanta Falcons. That's how you close it out. Take note. Yeah. Right? Lamar Jackson spent more time rushing the ball than throwing the ball, in my opinion. Uh, he rushed for 83 yards and threw for only 97 yards. But he just got destroyed. They were all over them. Uh, Kansas City, props to him. Andy Reid down there is a fantastic coach. And, mate, they're going to be hard to beat Kansas City. A lot of people wrote them off before the season and said, you know, it's going to be hard. They haven't got this. They haven't got that, blah, blah, blah. But I reckon, man, they, they look all right. They look all right. But uh, that's it, mate. That's our review. We'll go, we'll go into a schedule for this week. This week, we've got Broncos versus Jets, both 0-3. Hopefully, someone can get a win there. Bears versus Colts. Jags versus Bengals. I love how this is telling me that the tickets are as low as $96 a pop and you can't even be in the stadium. <laughs> Jags, Jags versus Bengals. Surely the Bengals get the win here. Uh, here we go. The Browns versus the Cowboys. Now, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Saints versus Lions. Saints should get that done. Steelers versus Titans. Both 3-0. and Anything can happen there. Seahawks versus Dolphins. Wilson potentially could uh, throw for another five TDs in that game. Buccaneers versus Chargers. Ravens versus Washington. I feel sorry for Washington this week. Uh, getting Ravens on a week that they just got beat up by Kansas oh, City. Uh, uh, 
the sports books have got um, the Ravens at uh, two TD favorites. Wow, we Cardinals versus Panthers, Kirk Cousins versus the Texans, both zero and three. Giants versus the Rams. Wow, that could be a, an absolute bath. Here we go. It's a nice game. Patriots versus Chiefs. Very nice. Bills versus Raiders. Eagles versus 49ers. And to round off the week, the Falcons versus uh, we'll, the Green you know, Packers. We'll, we'll, we will bank that, put that as an absolute banker. At a dollar twenty nine cents, throw that in all your multis, as many multis as you want. It's at Lambeau Field as well. As so many multis I... as you want. Dollar twenty nine to win. That's that's a banker for you. That will that will boost up your multi. Um, bank that. Literally bank that. If I had if I had a spare hundred thousand dollars, I'd just put that on there just to make twenty nine thousand. Twenty nine k. It'd be the easiest twenty nine k ever. Uh, so we'll keep a lookout for your tips. Throughout the yes, week, haven't done yep. them yet, but I will um, get them together. Probably post them out tomorrow, and then uh, post them out uh, again. Reshare them usually on Sunday evening before the beautiful um, games. So, but yeah, haven't haven't gone in. I need I need to sit down. I got to I got to recover. Um, obviously, we can <laughs> go through uh, at my most recent display. Um, I'll just let you know. Uh, I, I haven't tallied it up yet, but you know I had four bets. Had Arizona minus Cardinals minus six uh, was terribly wrong on that. New York Giants plus four was terribly wrong on that. Uh, Bengals versus Eagles over forty six point five. I'll say um, I was spot on with stiff. that. I was stiff. Uh, look, we know Falcons minus three, my biggest player of the week, three percent, and I'm not happy as us. Look. I'm not even going to go on about it. I'm still annoyed. Um, and then my one bet that I did win was I had uh, a multi, which is, you know, saved our graces a little bit. Uh, I had a multi, which was uh, minus two and a half Seattle Seahawks <laughs> into Steelers to win. Uh, that tallied up to $2.38 in the multi. So, uh, look, we've ended, Fair enough. we've ended the week uh, with a losing record of, of uh, one and three. Um, but... One and five, one and four, one and four, <laughs> one and four. Terrible. Great stuff. Terrible. All good, mate. All good. Uh, wait ladies and gentlemen, that's out. why we have a betting bankroll and we manage our uh, funds. Yeah, manage please. our funds. So when weeks turn up like this, uh, they don't hurt our pocket too much. And... Exactly. And if you do gamble, remember, as we always say, gamble responsibly. Uh, coming up next. We're not going to have a lot to talk about, but a little bit to talk about now in our hobby talk. So stay tuned for that. All right, we're back. Hobby talk. Let's get into it. Uh, not much to report, honestly, uh, if you're listening or watching. Uh, as you saw on the weekend, we did have a catch-up with uh, Big Boy Movement. 
Unfortunately, the audio stuffed up and we just thought it was best to pull it down as it was hard to understand when it was with the with the reverb. Yeah. But uh it was bad. Big boy is has been kind enough to reschedule. We're going to pre-record the podcast this time to make sure there's no issues and then we'll get that out to you at some stage, either Sunday night or Monday or Tuesday next week. So stay tuned for that. He's got some great things to to say in the hobby he's been in it for a long time so definitely stay tuned and you'll get some uh very valued tips also if you have not already watched it we have spoken to cherry collectibles in a podcast we will make sure we put their stuff in the description below uh they've shared this uh our stuff on their socials as well so if you want to check it out uh jump on there or you can find it in our igtv but we're, we're here to talk about Tell us, Doma. Don Luca, Mr. Williamson, and one of one John Moran. One of one John Moran. What 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 rebel is he saying? One of anyway, one John Moran. Our boy. Who are we talking about, Dom? Four hours ago. Well, a bit longer now. We'll say about six hours now, because we've been going for a while on the pod. Kendrick Perkins. He's in the hobby. He's in the hobby. Kendrick Perkins. He's in the hobby. Welcome. He's in the hobby. Welcome. We're, we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you. We actually put it out there, and we said, if you if you want to come on the show, come on the show. I know we haven't got a massive following for him, but come on the show. We want to actually, first of all, talk to him about why he's jumping in the hobby. That's first and foremost. What got him into the hobby? Uh, secondly, these are the main things we want to ask. We genuinely want him to come on to discuss the hobby, but there's another thing we do want to discuss with him. Clearly, and we're not taking shots at Perk here, we're just stating what our interpretation of the videos is. Whether he got paid or he hasn't, he's done some free marketing or paid uh, uh, paid marketing for the, the, the grading company, PSA. Now, in the video, he's come out and said, if you're not, if you're not grading PSA, then get your stuff out of here. Or something along the essentially. No, the source that I saw it. We're pissing ourselves because Perk is, is is man, he's hilarious. He's a character. We love him. He's a character. But at the same time, we're laughing, but we're also concerned. Do you want to tell the viewers, as the resident uh, hobby specialist here on the show, why it's a concern saying that PSA is heads and shoulders above everyone? Well, it's a concern, Dommer. Because what he's doing is essentially uh, hyping up PSA-graded cards when, in fact, in actual fact, and it's proven, that their is- grades are no better than any of the other two main grading companies. Being um, BGS and SGC. Being BGS and uh, SGC. That's just fact. Uh, all and I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not standing up for BGS and SGC in a sense that I think they are better than PSA or that oh. PSA is better than BGS and SGC. Anyone who knows or has listened to this show knows I don't care for any of the grading companies. I don't favour any of the grading companies. I actually think that. Um, there's severe flaws in all of the grading companies, hence why I don't regard any higher than 
than each other because they've all been proven to have flaws in their grading techniques. Um, they've all, uh, not they've all, but PSA themselves have been uh, involved in scandals uh, around grading and things of the like. Um, that's fact. That we're not slandering anyone. That's so, actually reported. You know, it just proves to me, and I and I see things all the time. You know, how can you how can you be having this grade? And and I'll bring it back to the thing with PSA. How um how ridiculous is that they have an eight eight point five grade a nine a nine, but then they go nine to ten and don't have a nine point five grade. Um, that there to me just shows complete and utter dishonesty in their grading system. The fact that they've got an 8.5 and don't have a 9.5 is ridiculous. Um, I think that's just outrageous. But I'm not here, and I've always said, um, I'm not here to slate PSA. I'm not here to slate BGS. I've seen BGS stuff that, you know, baffles me as well. And they've also been, uh, uh, had, you know, their issues you know black labels that you like while well, black labels supposed to be the most prestigious Best. label yeah. um looks a little bit dubious and um you know and there's also speculations around other things that they you know it's a whole marketing technique in terms of having a 10 and a 10 black label um which it probably is but you know not for anything those are actually worth more than a psa 10 so it's worked in a sense uh, yeah Look, I don't know. I, my, I, concern, I my concern, my concern is, my concern is, and this is, I haven't finished, Thomas. But my concern is, <laughs> my concern is, by him doing this, all he's saying, whether he's been paid to do it or not paid to do it, which you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I think maybe he's, he's got, if he hasn't been paid to do it, he's got uh, an invested interest in PSA somewhere, PSA. somehow. Yeah. Um, and he's just inflating PSA graded cards and, and telling people and, and people that might be new to this, well, if you're not, unless you're buying PSA, um, all the other cards are junk, essentially. But... Uh, it doesn't you know, work for, that for way. For the average Joe that doesn't have uh, millions of dollars sitting in the bank like you, Perk, and they can go pick up the exact same card, but in a BGS slab or an SGC slab... Uh, graded a 10, graded a 9.5 for literally half the cost, sometimes one third of the cost of a PSA 10. Um, yeah, look. You, you're better off picking up that card because yeah. you know, you're just paying for the premium that is PSA. And I, and I yeah. say this, uh, why is PSA considered the best or the gold standard or the industry standard? It's because... Uh, they were first. And like in cryptocurrency, I liken it to, Bitcoin's always considered the best because it was the first. Um, and it's, sim it, yeah. it's similar with PSA. Now, these other grading companies have come up and up and, you know, based off sales, there's things like saying, you know, the most recent sales of things over the past three months, 70% uh, of the sale cards are PSA. Well, that's because everyone hypes up PSA so much that, everyone just continues to grade with them because their graded cards are worth more. It doesn't mean that the actual card inside that case is actually better than the one a that BGS, you yeah. as a BGS or a SGC. 
it's not proven. There's people that have, you know, done crossovers and things from, and done crossovers from SGC to PSA and got bad, got crossovers from SGA, SGC to, to uh, PSA to SGC, you know, as testing and not got the same results. So you don't know what you're going to get on any given day because all of these are all graded by a human. And like anything that's done by a human, it's potential for errors. And that's what happens. And I, I just keep saying, you, you, could, you can't just say that PSA is the best. For what reason? For why? And that's why we asked Perk, if PSA is the best, please come on here and tell us why PSA is the best. Like, PSA is only the best because they were the first. Uh, and that's just the way it is. They're uh, not the, the, other, yeah, in the market yeah. at the moment because they were the first. They've been around the longest. Um, and not for anything, yeah. you've got a bunch of people who just continually push the PSA narrative because it fits with what they've been doing for many years. Yeah. So, look. The, yeah, the concern is like these companies now, these grading companies, using their leverage. Because let's be honest, they've made so much more money now than they've ever made in their life because of the, the hobby. Yep. Using their company... It's good marketing. Don't get me wrong. It's a good marketing strategy, but it's not good for the, the prices of cards if they're going to start marketing their product with celebrities and whether they pay them or not, you get a celebrity saying, oh, buy this, buy that, blah, 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 blah. And this is one thing that we love about Gary Vee in the hobby. He's never once said, well, we'll use it as this, like discriminated against a different Look, grading company. Yes. He has he, said he buys across. He, the, yeah, he he, he has said that PSA, you know, is the shit. I'm not going to lie, but he's also not gone out and discredited that he wouldn't. He has bought other grading company stuff. So, you know, whereas Perks just come out and saying, well, if it's not PSA, then essentially it's not worth anything, or it's it's junk. Yeah, the other concern, like other people, are just saying, yeah, he's just in the hobby. He's going to have no effect. But the problem is you don't want this to be a flowing effect of like he's the first celebrity basketball and then you get all these other retired guys that are in the hobby, whether it's NFL or basketball, and they're like known personalities of the sport start coming out and PSA have this freaking marketing campaign. They've got 20 uh, legends of the sport. Perk is a good player, probably not a Hall of Famer, but you know what I'm saying? Like well-renowned figures – and they come out. What the... No, I said I said he's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, was, yeah. Well, you shouldn't even no. you shouldn't even thought that, mate. There's no chance that guy's getting yeah. into the Hall of Famer. But what I'm saying is, like, if they start getting these guys, iconic people that people know, because they're in, because Perks on TV, he's yeah, a yeah, broadcaster. He's on so if you start getting these people to start saying these certain things, man, it, it can really hurt grading companies, like a lot. It could just push everything to PSA, and then you get nothing. At BGS and SGC, and, and, you know the other. Not for anything, and the other gents, that is not you. good for the hobby. Yeah, if everything goes PSA's way, that is yeah. not good for the hobby. It monopolizes yeah. them as a grading company, um, and you know there's there's word that they are trying to you know control pop reports, and there is word that not word but proven fact that you can see that cards that they were grading earlier days, especially cards of like Luka Doncic and Zion, when they were grading them earlier when the first ones were getting sent in, um, getting 10s that sh- that now similar cards of that same quality are being sent in are now getting 9s 
and not getting tense. Um, so it's just it's a fine line, very fine line. You that ought to be people careful are treading, you're treading on in this market. A lot of power and a lot of power means potential more manipulation, which means that the end consumer, when you're buying these cards, you're going to be buying a hyperinflated card and. Um, if it doesn't work out for you, well, you're going to be left out of pocket a hell of a lot of money. A hundred percent. A plastic case, uh, plastic cased card that you've uh, paid potentially five x or six x more than what it really is worth. That's the problem. So just be wary with that. And like we say, you just got to do your research. But this stuff doesn't help. Uh, another another thing as well, which is massive for the hobby. Uh, we're all sport on this, but we do speak a bit of trading cards, and obviously Pokemon is probably biggest next to sport. Uh, but Logan Paul, during the week, made a substantial investment in some Pokemon cards. Uh, it's just a matter of time before like more celebrities like this start coming out and saying that they're doing it. As we've seen, like basketball players have said, like Giannis collects his own cards and so on and so forth, but YouTubers and stuff, as you know, Logan's got a massive following. Cult following. Uh, cult following, man. And this is, the problem is, like, it's good. I'm super happy for someone like Logan that's jumped into the hobby. And, man, like, you can afford to buy those first edition cards. By all means, man, go out and get it. It's a great investment. But the problem is, as we've said with Gary V in the past, they're not the problem. It's their fans that think, oh, if these people are buying it, then we can inflate the price to make a buck. A lot, a lot of the time, uh, people that do this actually aren't even in the hobby. They see it as like, oh, this is a trend. I'll just flip it now and make some money. And they give no, sh- no shits about anybody that has been in the hobby and made it a credible, a credible hobby. You know what yeah. I mean? And they've got an income through it by flipping in the past, but not for exorbitant prices, which are 10 times what it a card should be worth because someone posted a picture. Playing with danger. I'm not blaming the celebrities. Not blaming the celebrities. I'm blaming the way people perceive celebrities to make their posts. They think, oh, it's worth this much now. No, you can't go and put the price on that. If the market value is this, you can't say as a fan, oh, we're going to raise it by double. Well, it doesn't make sense. It's just stupid. Uh, it's just... But, but it, yeah, celebrities not it's the problem with that stuff. It's got to be up to the go- the people who go and press buy on those cards. You as yeah. uh, people in the hobby, regardless whether it be you know when Gary Vee posts or when in this case Logan Paul's getting into Pokemon cards, um, you need to be smarter because you know what yeah, could happen. Smart. Like when you know what's happened now with with uh, basketball and when and Gary Vee posted about. Um, uh, Kevin Durant tops card. Um, People lost their minds. Will now, if you bought during that time when he posted about it and they hyped up crazy, you would now be potentially out of pocket. You were essentially down uh, somewhere like a hundred and fifty percent, maybe a uh, hundred, somewhere between eighty to one hundred and fifty percent down on that peak price that you could have potentially paid to now buying it today. And you will have been burnt. So, um, I mean... you got to remember, the market's smarter. starting to regulate itself a little bit now, man. So, don't be stupid by falling into don't traps. Don't fall into those even... sheep traps, as we like to say. 
it's not even traps by um by the celebrities it's just traps by you're like by the sheep like saucy saying the followers they think they can do things like this and man and like looking into it way too much in the scope is like people think oh yeah but like Source said, it's people that are buying it that are raising the prices. But what what's to say that you have someone that's really wealthy and they upbid, like she'll bid a card to get it to a certain point. That person's got 15 of that card. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I've purchased it for 1400 but now I've raised the price across the board for that card and I'll sell my other 15 and I'll make back the money that I've raised it on the first purchase and the rest is all double the profit. Yeah, That's what people are doing. You Wake up a bit. Smarter. And you got to we see that it. There's, We're there's, telling there's, you. There's what people are doing. that have got money, yeah? So I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised if, you know, someone goes out there and be like, oh, you know, I'm sitting on, uh, you know, 20, 20 Charizard cards from, uh, you know, base set, 1999, and, uh, you know, graded somewhere between, you know, PSA 7s to PSA 10s. And uh, then he goes out there and, you know, maybe shill bids or you know maybe buys one or two of them legitimately at a higher price um mate people go look at that stuff they go look at 130 point for last sales and, and recent sales and on card ladder with that buy and they're like all right i'm gonna raise the price i'm gonna pay an extra x amount but by doing that i've now raised the price of all these charizards by uh three thousand four thousand dollars um and then i'm just gonna go sell my other 20 and uh pocket a cool uh you know 60k in profit 80k in profit. That's what people are doing. This is the this honestly, this is the, the dark side of the hobby yeah. where people are doing shit like this, but it's actually happening. So this is what we're trying to educate you and teach you that you gotta be vigilant. Be wary when you're looking at these things, man. Like uh and as we said, we have spoken to Big Boy and definitely a guy to a follow if you're trying to see people that shill beard and he's really good at educating people on what to look out for, and we will get him once again to explain it when we do our special pod. So that's pretty much it for Hobby Talk. We just wanted to touch on that perk thing and how it could hurt with grading companies trying to market their grading company as the best. So, uh, yeah, interesting interesting times ahead, man. There's always a new thing happening every week with uh, trading cards. So what's this space with that? Because I reckon it could be a flowing effect now. It's not just a one-off thing. So... I reckon there could be a fair few more people coming out yeah. and doing that stuff oh, on look, the PSA. We're, we're already seeing it. I'm, I'm so, seeing it. I'm envisioning it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, wait and see, mate. Yeah, look, uh, I don't like it, Dom, as I said. I don't like no, it. No, I don't, I don't like it. It's, 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 it's trying to monopolize the market. Um, like we said, we're trying to get the hobby by uh, hyping up these PSA cards that hey. are no better than, than those other grading companies. I mean, obviously, there's uh, spud companies out there that you just stay far, far away from. Um, but, you know, the other two that I spoke about, they're more than credible, in my opinion. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'm looking at some of those right now. I know you do too. They're, they're, just have a range. Just don't just stick... mind. Don't, don't be mind. a PSA sheep. Because exactly. they've got flaws as well. Yeah, but everyone so does. does the other grading companies. Yeah, like you said, it's human error, mate. No human's perfect in their grading. If a computer was doing it, it's a different story. We can that's a discussion for a different different day. Oh, the computer was that's another for a different pod yeah. where I can ramble on about how they could uh, use AI tech and and, and potentially the, as I've said, the company we'll do it next does week. that first, Obviously. they are going to be the most successful. 
I'll be talking next week. We'll get you into it, mate. Uh, all right, coming up next, the most anticipated segment. I know it's been a tough one for it's you this week. Tough one this week, Ben. Saucy Smoky, coming up next. Stay tuned. Oh, we're back. The most anticipated segment of the show, Saucy Smoky. What do you got for us, mate? All right, Doma, it was a tough one this week. Um, oh, I haven't really been active on the purchases. Uh, I was a little bit more last week. actually made a couple of errors of judgment. Uh, I could have saved myself maybe 100 or 150 bucks. Uh, by uh, buying those cards that I bought last week, this week. But, you know, that's sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles in the hobby. That's it. Um, so I sort of stayed off the buying. But the one thing I am going to give you is the guy which, you know, I've there's been a few rookies that I've been picked up from this season um, and, and try to potentially see where their growth can be next season. Um... And when I look at the rookies, I like to look at guys that are in teams where they're going to get minutes. They're going to get exposure. um, They're going to get playing time. um, And, you know, not for anything, we've seen glimpses that they could have potential going forward um, into next season, right? So um, the guy I'm talking about, and look, we're we're going to give the... um, we're going to give his his most, you know, common card, in a sense, which is uh, the PSA, uh, his, his prison base PSA 10, <laughs> which is just the standard uh, yeah. junk wax card that everyone goes for. Um, so, Look, the guy I'm talking about is uh, he plays for the Detroit Pistons. Is uh, none other than Sekou Domboya, um, and people are going to be like, "Oh, you know this? Why, why would you pick this guy?" Um, look, like many people, he showed glimpses that he has potential. Um, I really, really like his size and just his length, and that 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 size that he sits at, um, which is I think, you know. What is he? He's six foot eight, got a big wigs band. Um, he he can shoot the three. I mean, obviously he needs to improve his, his statistics on his first season, but he's a rookie. Um, I think he's going to improve in the off season, and he could come out next season potentially average that 15, 18 points, which then you know we'll see the 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 third year. Sort of by your third and fourth year, that's where you want to see that that big growth. Um, so, but there was enough there this season, and his size and his interesting stature, um, his athleticism was was obvious. Um, so I like him. I like him, and and in that Detroit team, he's going to get minutes. You know, that's that's yeah. a trash team. They're building for the future. 
Uh, I mean, I could see them in soon up soon enough trading away Blake Griffin and some of those older guys that they've. Well, D, D Rose is going to go. Stuff. So yeah. you know they're building for the future. Um, Sekou Dumboya, don't forget, ladies and gents, he's 19 years old, 19, uh, and not for anything. He came from Europe where he was putting up absolute numbers over there as an 18, 17-year-old playing against men, which... Sounds like someone else we know. We've seen how that turns out for uh, guys that come through, you know, those Euro ranks that play against men 15, 16. They're already playing against seasoned guys. Um, It generally works out pretty good for them. So I like him. I like him. Um, I will... Uh, just get something up here, Dom. Let me just uh, let, let let's try let's try a bit of something new. Let's uh, switch over to to this one. Oh, here we go. We've upgraded oh, yep. on the live stream. Oh, oh here we Bang. go. Now we're talking. He loves it. He loves it live. Now we're talking, and we're talking him. Uh, we're obviously thanking Card Ladder for providing these. Uh, of course, of course, of course. Beautiful graphs for us. Um, we're talking about Seiku Dumboya, base, Prism, PSA 10 card, um, you know, pop report 593, that is nothing, but guys, don't, that's going to rise a hell of a lot, because when you take that into retrospect, I think there's like 10,000 graded um, Zion, so, and Zion's the same set, so you got to think there's potentially 10,000 um, or more Seiku base out there. But, you know, at a point where uh, a few months ago, these were going up, you know, over the $100 mark, and now it's sort of balanced out and leveled out around the, uh, you know, $100 to 80 mark. 80 to $100 mark, you might be able to pick one up uh, on bids and, and secure yourself a card that I see a guy who's only 19 years old and has a lot of growth in him. So, um, you know, there's that. You can also go for his uh, Silver Prism, which is uh, a fan favorite in the hobby. Um, and, you know, those aren't going for a hell of a lot when you talk about Silver Prisms, in a sense. So, you know, I was still under the 300 price range, last sold 265, um, sort of leveling out over the last two weeks. Um, and, yeah, so... I'm going to go with Seiku Dumboya. For the record, I've got a whole bunch of Seiku Dumboya. I bought Colors, Prism. I bought, um, I bought, you know, I bought Colored Prism. I bought Prism Base. I bought Select Cards. Um, you know, might even try to pick up an Auto or two, one of these higher Auto cards um, now that the market's sort of on a bit of a dip. Um but yeah, cool. I, I I like I like Seku. I just think there's potential, and I I watched his highlights. I went and watched his highlights and stuff coming out of the Euro, uh, where he played against men, and there was times where he he lit it up from three. Um, and he, he just shows potential, and you know sometimes that's what you got to look for. And I'm looking for a guy that's going to get minutes, yeah, because it's all good. You might be talented, but if you're on a team that where you sit on the bench and only get ten minutes. How are people going to see you play? And how's that going to give you the exposure for for people to go, oh, I want to buy and collect this guy? So um, Definitely. 
that's that's where I'm at. I mean, he obviously he averaged I think 90 minutes in his rookie season, and I think that improves. I potentially see him averaging somewhere between 24 to you know 27 minutes next season, and hopefully he improves. Uh, he, he's he's got talent. He's got talent. It's just a matter of whether you can put the pieces together, um, and whether he's a coachable talent. Um, but you know these guys that come from overseas, as we've seen with Giannis and some of the other guys with Luca, and they got things to prove. They want to prove that they can come over to America and make an impact. So let's hope. I think he's from France. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Let's hope he can, you know, make an impact moving forward. But yeah, there you go, saucy Smokey. Very nice. He's a nice roughy. Could turn out to be something very decent yeah, in that team, like you said. His graded cards are super affordable at the moment. Um, yeah, you know, it's not, good. not for anything. You know, uh, even if you want to, don't want to pay for. You can get still a raw card floating around prison base card for a couple of bucks, maybe uh, four or five bucks, uh, three, four, five bucks. You know, Australian. Nice. I've seen them going for, but. Yeah, so there's potential there to, to pick up some 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 cheap stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, could be I'm a hidden gem, mate. Could be card because you know, in my opinion, graded you, you go off what that sort of you know graded PSA ten. That I, I've just said that one because it's not too expensive. If you're asking me, yeah, you know, for hundred twenty dollars, getting a ten graded card, it's not that expensive. You might even if you like select. Um, go for some select because I think you might even be able to get a select PSA 10 graded rookie of his for maybe even 60 USD or something around that. So, I mean, there's potential to pick up one of his base cards cheap. And if you like uh, him more extensively, then obviously look into his colored prison variants, select colored variants, and his auto cards in some of those sets uh, like uh, Nor and, um, I mean... Uh, I think they're bringing out in case, but immaculate and natural tra- uh, yeah, national yeah, treasures yeah, yeah. and the higher ones. But now's the time to get some of these cards because they're at an affordable level. Because if he does take that bump next year, uh, where he improves and then you know brings up that scoring, it will be out of range uh, potentially. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. The way the hobby's going, that's for sure. Beautiful, nice saucy, smoky, and there you go. Wraps up our first live. Pod mate, which is which is awesome. So I mean, a few little hiccups there, Domo. You, you your screen resized a little bit here and there, but yeah, you know we'll, we'll fix it up. I think. I think. Uh, we've got some we've got some interesting things as well coming along with um uh, our socials and stuff. Now we've got a few more tricks up our sleeve that we're going to release some new content type stuff. Now that we can live stream, it makes it a lot easier for us. So. Yeah, stay tuned, mate, on, on the Instagram page and on Twitter. And, yeah, look forward to it. Anyway, it's been your boy, Doma. Keep living, loving, and breathing sport with your boy, Saucy. It's double coverage. Peace out. Peace out, ladies and gents. Till next week. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcasting app. Also, if you could please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. Don't forget to follow us on socials at dblcoverage underscore on both Instagram and Twitter to join in with your opinion.